Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good evening. Welcome to the live Sunday edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap Sunday Night Live. I'm Brian Fulford, joining the show as always on the road. My good friend and partner for the last seven years of doing this show, AD Drew. Uh, AD, how's the roads out there where you travel from? The roads are dark, as it is for one of our teams that was in the CIAA who was looking to get into the D2 playoffs. Yeah, uh, we just finished watching the the announcement of the uh, NCAA Division II playoffs. And uh, we'll obviously, all we have are the CIAA and the SIC champions uh, in the dance. We'll talk about uh, him in a minute, but uh, and the CIAA champion wound up going to a different dance hall than the SIAC champion. Right, right. So we will not get uh, what we almost got last year, which was a a matchup between uh, the two schools, the same two schools uh, from last year. Of course, we're talking 
Benedict College, uh, winners of the SIC, and Virginia Union, winners of the CIAA. Um, you know, we'll we'll break that down in a moment. But the bigger story, Drew, coming from this past weekend, and no, it's not the chaos in the SWAC West, although it would be the SWAC to, to try to come in, you know, at the end of the show, at the end of the weekend, and try to create all the drama, right? Just, just you know, as can as I, if, as if can it I quote Kelvin Rozier? What did Kelvin Rozier say? Oh, don't yeah. trust the West. Of course, that that's the new T-shirt. That's the new T-shirt. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and trademark that for him, and that's just gonna be the new motto. Just gonna put the, the six schools on it, and you know, just kind of all have. I tell you, the visual is all those schools sitting around a table and put like a trophy on top of the table and it just, you know, who wants it? You know, don't trust the West. Now put the trophy falling off of the table. That's the vision. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we got we got the Biakish, don't trust the West, and Siakish. Yep. We, we just waiting on something from the CIAA now. I thought you had a different name for this for the SIAC. SIAC Yotic. There you go. So so we just finished up with the SIAC mess. Then we move into Don't Trust the West. And then, we, of course, we had the, the good old Miakish uh, issues that came out. And, you know, man, I tell you what, um, number one goes down. Number one, our BCSN number one ranked team, uh, number one in quite a few polls. Obviously, you know, if, if you didn't have Florida A&M ranked number one, you had North Carolina Central ranked number one. And uh, they make the trip up to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Uh, you know, from, from what I heard earlier, all kinds of special dignitaries, from the from the celebration bowl to the conference, we're all in attendance, right? Uh, ready to crown North Carolina Central the champs. And all Howard did was just show up and let the bison roam free, and they just curb stomped North Carolina Central by a score of fifty. That's right, fifty to nothing. Twenty. I almost hey. said nothing. Might as well have been nothing. It was 50, 50 to 20. Hey, Brian, we put 50 on them last year. Who wants to see that again? Man, was that – you know what? I was sitting here about to pull the quote. Uh, I found the video from where he said that. I don't know if he said it in multiple places, but I did find the YouTube where Coach Trey Oliver at North Carolina Central made those comments. Yeah, and – you know, flat out, they put 50 on them last year. You know, the, the whole commentary before at the, uh, you know, was uh, Larry Scott had dropped the comments about needing a change. No, they yeah, they were five and six last year. But anyway, uh, they were co-champions crowned by the conference and so central central felt some kind of way about it as as i was 
as I was led to believe that they were going to come into this game with an extra sense of uh, whoop ass. I, I guess that's the best way I can say it. They were just, you know, they, they were so hyped up, ready for this game. And all, all Howard did was own them from the jump. Howard never, never trailed this game. Um, of all the statistics from this ball game, although, hey, Drew, 50 is an impressive number. It's an impressive statistic. But of all of them, I look at North Carolina Central's offense. They're a highly regarded offense, led by Superman himself, Davius Richard, uh, only racking up 198 total yards of offense, 77 passing, 120 rushing, and the fact that Richard accounted for 168 of those yards. Um, so percentage-wise, he did what he normally does. Sure, which is a, which is account for just about any and everything that the team needed, right? Um, yeah, he, he he did his job, I guess, in perspective. But um, you know, Howard had 28 first downs to 10. Um, you know, they were six of 13 on third down compared to three and three of 11 by North Carolina Central. Howard was four for four on fourth down. Amassed 521 total yards. Um, they got a complete game from their quarterback, Quentin Williams. Uh, 23 of 33 for 277. Three touchdowns. And he had a rushing touchdown. I mean, he, he actually played the role of Davius Richard. He said, Davius Richard, I've been watching you in this conference do what you do for the last two years, and I'm going to do you better in this game. And so... Yeah, Drew, it, it just uh, unbelievable. I, I think I was on the road, uh, and, and I first saw the first alerts from Dr. Cavill when it was 14 nothing, and I was like, huh? I was like, uh-oh. And I, and I think the first upset alert that he dropped was at, at, at that point when it was 14-0. And then it just – I started watching it. It just snowballed, man. It just, I'm just unbelievable – what we what we saw. Um, any takeaways on the game? Because there's a lot to talk about as a result of that game, but just in terms of the game, any any thoughts about that game before we get into the the, the ramifications of that game? Well, you know, uh, where people on on the other end don't know, you and I were together for a few hours on yesterday, and you know we were kind of monitoring the game but weren't actually able to watch it you would have you would get a score i would get a score we would talk to each other and tell everybody but let's be honest when the score was 14 to 7 we both was like okay since woke up they're gonna they're gonna make this uh, run then we looked up as 21 7 like uh-oh this thing might be for real yeah. and that was kind of the trend of the weekend on the FCS level this weekend, but here's the question I've got for you, Brian. Did anyone have on their bingo card back in July the fact that Howard may be the first MEAC 
representative in the Celebration Bowl who is not from the Carolinas. <laughs> and I yeah. say they, because there's still some work to be done up in D.C. Yeah, yeah, there's still some still some work to be done. Uh, I lost you there a little bit. I probably hit a little spot where the, the the signal, but you're still sounding good though, so don't don't panic. It was just probably rolled through a a, a minor little dead spot. Um the uh so what does that game mean? Um and I was hoping we were working on trying to get uh our good friend Trevin Jones, who is the the voice, the play-by-play of Howard University football on. I know he's just getting off the road himself. So uh, we're trying to get Trevin in to kind of talk a little bit about the game from that perspective. But let's talk about what that game means. Obviously, from the MEAC perspective, because there's also ramifications as it relates to not only, you know, the playoffs, playoffs, right, playoffs, um, but then the Celebration Bowl. So from the MEAC perspective, what does this mean? Um, well, well, and hold on. Uh, before we get going, I think we got Strevin here to join us. So I don't want I know he's got a busy schedule, so I don't want to keep him too late here uh joining us on the show uh, our good friend joining us uh trevin jones Trevin media today and also the voice of howard university football trevin i know you just came off the road man but I, I tell you it must have been a heck of a heck of an experience calling that game how you doing tonight I'm good, Brian. Mr. Fulford, it's good to see you, my brother. Um, I hope the audio sounds good. Uh, and AD, AD Drew, good to see you as well. Um, first and foremost, it was amazing. Um, the reason it was amazing is because I've been doing the voice. I've been the voice of the Bison for about ten years now. Um, and the last eight times that the Bison have faced North Carolina Central, we've come up on the negative end. Um, so this year, uh, we actually came up on the positive side. And when I say that, I'm talking about the Howard University Bison. Um, and the score this year was 50, 50 to 20, um, which was flipped because last year the score was 50 to 21. Um, the reason I keep mentioning that 50 is because that's significant. I don't, I don't know if people heard the sound from Coach Trey Oliver from preseason. Um, but I thought, and during our cast, I tried to stay away from that. But at the same time, you have to, as reporters and announcers and giving information to listeners, you have to give the information that's out there. Um, and uh, during our cast, let me know if I'm going too long. No, you're good. You're good. During our cast, um, I was mentioning that back and forth. Nate Henry does the color commentating. I do the play-by-play. Um and it was kind of interesting because Nate and I were talking about that and uh, had mentioned the fact that Coach Oliver had said in the preseason, um, someone asked him about the MEAC championship, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and he was like, why would there be a MEAC championship game? Uh, we put 50 up on them. Who's going to pay to see that? That's the gist of what he said. 
um, and no disrespect to Coach Oliver. I like Coach Oliver. Let that be known. Coach Trey Oliver is an awesome man. He's doing great things with the North Carolina Central program, um, and he's looking to do even bigger things. So I have the utmost respect for him. So I mean no disrespect when I mention that. Um, but I did mention that for a reason because, as I've heard secondhand, um, this was even after the game because I didn't get to say it during the cast. Um, that I think Coach Scott, uh, they had Coach Oliver's quote being broadcast throughout practice all week. It was a 50 of them. Um, wow. So that being said, uh, it got to a point in the game where the Bison had the game well in hand. They're up 48 to 20 at that point, and they go for two. Well, going for two would have been 50. So they go for two, they get the two. So now it's 50 to 20 final score for the Bison as opposed to the 51 to 21, 50 to 21 score last year for the set for the Eagles in Montana Central. Black college football in this game, gentlemen, if everyone that's listening, uh, if you're not supporting or going out to black college football, you need to do so because these young athletes, oh, Davius Richard, uh, I give him props. Um, Davis Richard, the quarterback for North Carolina Central, he just couldn't get it together. His timing, he couldn't get into a rhythm uh, because at Howard University, I call him the Buffalo Soldier defense. That front, Darren, Darren Brokenberg, I think he had the game of, of, of the year for himself. I think he had three three sacks, if not three sacks, he had two sacks. I think he had two tackles for loss. Um, and he was one of the, those gentlemen that just was in. Davis Richard will not forget that. That's for sure. <laughs> um, the offense for the bison was amazing and I, I started by saying all of you that support black college football if you don't you need to go out and see these men play because these young men are awesome at what they do um the reason i say that you have casey hawthorne for the bison uh, quentin williams played an immaculate game uh, as a quarterback for the bison uh you have oh man jared hunter jared hunter ian wheeler uh jane uh uh, uh Eden James, I call him Give It to Five, Get Five. His number's number five, so his nickname is Give It to Five, Get Five because he averages five over five yards of carry. Uh, those gentlemen came out to play. And, and Brian and AD, uh, you could see it. Um, I think the Bison played the best game of the season. Uh, and the reason that I think it was so, uh, so awesome is because the invitation to the Celebration Bowl was on the line. Uh, if Central had won, they would have wrapped up the uh, – championship they would have wrapped up the invitation um, coach uh, i'm sorry commissioner Sonia still was there got to interview her at halftime uh, so it was a big game so with the bison getting the win uh, that means that now they have they're in control of their own destiny uh will have to be morgan state in green stadium next weekend uh, that is not going to be easy to do because morgan state has an awesome defense and they've been playing well but again kudos to the bison uh jared hunter had a man brian and, and ad Jared Hunter went into the line for the Eagles of North Carolina Central. He ran into a player. He actually spun from, from the initial impact, put his hand on the turf, kept his balance, and raced 30 yards for a touchdown. Um, that was an amazing play. And then uh, Casey Hawthorne, and I saw you can see these highlights were on ESPN as well. But Casey Hawthorne at the back of the end zone went up to catch the ball and just got his toes down in the back of the end zone for another one of the scores. So, I mean, it was exciting. Uh, man, this is the type of game that everyone needs to see over and over again because these two teams went at it. Um, of course, the, the Bison, uh, man, I, I, I was I had to calm myself down. I was so excited. <laughs> 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 Call it, yeah. 
you, you talked about. Go ahead, Drew. You're gonna sound like you were gonna ask, jump in there and ask a question. Yeah. Uh, question for you, Trevin, and uh, you may have answered this without realizing that you answered this question that I've had since uh, early in the fourth quarter on yesterday. Central down. Uh, I can't. Re- they were down four scores at that point. They had fourteen to. What would that be? Forty-two. I believe it was forty-two fourteen at that point. Yes. They get. They get the touchdown. Yes. And they go for two. Yes. And I was trying to figure out what chart they were looking at that told them to go for two when they were down 28. And I'm like, 8-8 you still need four scores. But when you just said that score, 50-21, Right. You know what, A.D.? Um, I, I give uh, the Eagles credit for that because they go for two to show they're still fighting. They're still, you know, you're down, but just... All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll back y'all. Uh, yeah, I, you I said... said they scored 50-21, that's what it was. They were trying to get to 22. Is that why you think they went for two at that point? That's a good point, but I didn't think about that. What I was thinking was, and what I could, you know, Coach Oliver, they're competitors. And I'm thinking, okay, so we're down by at least three touchdowns right now. Let's go for two so that we can get, you know, maybe there's other opportunities coming in this game. Because you still have to play. You know, people were saying, okay, it's it's a four-score game, a three-score game, but you still got to play. You still have minutes left. So I'm thinking Coach was trying to get as many points as he could, but I never thought about he just wanted to get to 22, so it wasn't 50 to 20 as opposed to 50 to 21. 21. 22. That yeah, was that yeah. was uh, that was 10-22 when North Carolina Central scored. It was 10-22 mm-hmm. left in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I agree. There's still plenty of time, and at that point, you're only down by three touchdowns. touchdowns. Three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. You, you still you still you still needed a total of four touchdowns. They got one. Made it three. Yeah, but so, AD, I don't mean to cut you off, but you remember you just started the fourth quarter, so it's right, only right. five minutes gone in the fourth quarter at that point. So Every, you're thinking you're trying to get momentum on your side, back on your side of the field, even though you're down by three touchdowns or four. It's like okay, let's see if we can get it going because, and I say that because this gentleman, um, Davius Richard, broke off a what's it like a forty a forty five yard touchdown run, if I'm not mistaken, or seventy six yards. Uh, and then you had, um, uh, and forgive me because I've been calling his name all day yesterday and I can't call it right now, um, the punt return for 85 yards. So the 14 points that they had gotten prior to that wasn't from the, and no disrespect to the offense, but great respect to the defense. It wasn't from the offense. Right. It was from special teams. And then your quarterback, Davis Richard, get, I think it was a 75-yard run. Your, your quarterback getting a 75-yard run for a touchdown. So when you look at the game and look at the way the flow, your offense wasn't producing. So now finally you get in the end zone. Let's see if we can get some type of uh, rhythm going is what I was thinking. I, I think, Drew, look, not, not to not to bury too deep into the woods with the most innocuous thing, but the, <laughs> the, the, the yes, if, if, if North Carolina Central goes for the single point, they have 21, and it's 42 to 21, which anybody does the math, that's 21. That's an even three touchdowns, right? Yep. Three plus three, right? right. But – but like you just kind of brought up, interesting point. Yeah, if he goes for the two and gets it, 
Now they got 22, and maybe coaches think, hey, worst case scenario, if this is all we score, at least we got 22. I don't know if that – I would have never thought about that in the, in the life for, for the life of me. Like during the game, correct. Yep. Yeah, I, I, would have, I would have never thought about that. I, I think it's just more, uh, more interesting, the whole 50 thing, and going for it, getting it, and then the fact that you've been playing it all, all weekend in everybody's head, and it just kind of comes up. You got the comments. I mean, that's what that's what the big story is. Um, but how about you, you just talked about these key performances, Trevin? Mm-hmm. And you know, just in case you know, I mentioned Williams. If I could, real quick, Brandon yeah. Codrington. That's who it was with the eighty-five yeah. yard punt return. I want to make sure right. I mentioned him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. No, no, no. You you mentioned some of those numbers. Uh, you you mentioned the three-headed running back, uh, Jared Hunter, Eden James, Ian Wheeler. Uh, Casey Hawthorne, six for one fourteen, two touchdowns. All of them should be up for me at Player of the Week. Might even get some National Player of the Week recognition. Here's my big question, though: With Morgan State coming in, and I've already heard and I've already seen it trending on Twitter that this is a big game for Morgan State. This is their payback game, just like it was Howard's. And you talked about guys playing maybe their best game. Is there any worry? that you've played your best game one game too short. I mean, what is the turnaround likely for a team that has been up and down 500 this entire season, now sitting at 5-5, five and five, and now you got to turn around with one game to win it all? Well, you know what? Um, to answer that question, this is what I want to say. I want to say that I think that uh, – because that was mentioned during the cast, but I think that Coach Scott – as the will have the team ready to go um because i think just like he used motivation from and this is me assuming because i haven't told, talked to coach scott i haven't been around the coaches um he found i guess for lack of a better way of saying it blackboard information that he utilized the audio from to keep your team pumped up all week for practice well he could do the same thing with the morgan state game because remember this gentlemen it is a payback game for morgan state but also I think the South Carolina State game woke the Bison up and taught them a lesson. Going last season, we called the game and 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 Morgan State in Baltimore, and remember the Bison beat them to win the Cognac Championship last year. Uh-huh. So now you have the Bears coming to Green Stadium, and the Bison know that they have to beat them again to win the outright Miac Championship. So I think that's motivation alone, and I think that will keep the the coaches and the team on their toes and prepared because they know, okay, wait a minute, we're not done. If you had seen the focus on these young men, they were focused. Um, they were they were grabbing each other to, to cut celebrations short. Mind you, they're up by three touchdowns, two touchdowns. Teammates were grabbing teammates who wanted to celebrate, and they're like, no, 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 we got work to do. You literally could see that on the field. I actually saw Casey Hawthorne grab somebody and say, no, 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 we're not celebrating, let's go. And if they did any celebrating, it was on their side of the side of, of their field. Um, so I think the team will remain that focused. I think they know that they have a hell of a challenge next weekend against Morgan State. I think that the X factor for this one will be, and I will challenge all H, all Howard University alum, all Howard University students, undergrad, you know, grad, whoever, to be at Green Stadium on Saturday because I think that you all being there will give the injection of 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 uh, strength motivation support and and help the the bison 
get that outright MIAC title. This would be the first time, if the Bison should win on Saturday, it would be the first time they've ever gone to the celebration. Ball. There's a lot on the line. Right. Uh, last time Howard last time Howard won the MIAC title outright was when? Can you recall? I can't recall. Not outright. Um, and it would have been... <laughs> Um, it would have been before my time. Uh, as I said, I've been there for 10 years and uh, um, I haven't even come close except for last year to be honest with you. Right, right. Uh, uh, Travis, is there any concern that, you know, Morgan considers Howard a rival? Howard does not consider Morgan a rival. Is Brother, there any concern uh, of, that, of that level right there? Because uh, Erica Lee mentioned that this morning on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab. I don't uh, mean to. The X is an old podcast. Right. I mean, no disrespect, but any team in the MEAC is a rival. When you step between those lines, these cats are out to play. I, I mean, maybe we as the media might play that and say, okay, they're not a rival. Like, Morgan doesn't consider Howard a rival. Howard doesn't consider Morgan a rival. Brother, if you have seen these teams play the last 10 years like I have, that's out the window. <laughs> You're a rival. The minute you step on that field and you challenge me, oh, it's on. And that's the way both teams, both institutions have played all over the years that I've been there as well. Uh, and I would say even for the MEAC conference, you step between the lines, whether you're Delaware State, Norfolk State, you know, North Carolina Central, uh, Morgan State at this point, you're a rival. All right, so here's the scenarios, just in case people didn't know. Next week, you have at 1 o'clock, Morgan State traveling to Howard, 1 o'clock, at Green Stadium, senior night, uh, last regular season game. You also have Delaware State traveling to North Carolina Central, their senior night, senior day. I think that game is probably 1 o'clock as well. If Howard wins and defeats Morgan State, they will win the MIAC outright, and go to the Celebration Bowl. If Morgan State were to win and North Carolina Central were to win, North Carolina Central would win the MEAC and go to the Celebration Bowl. If Morgan State wins and Central loses, which right now, you know, look, anything's possible, even though Delaware State is 0-4, Morgan State would be the team that would finish as the outright champ and go to the Celebration Bowl. Uh, and, hey, Brian, should yes. Morgan State get there? Won't we have an upside-down team in the Celebration Bowl? Uh, yes, yes, because, yes, it, it'll be uh, – that, that'll be – yeah, because I don't even think the years – the years South Carolina State went, they were 6-5. 6-5, six six five. Five. Right? Yeah. right. Right, so if, is, if if Howard should win, um, they'll be six and five, six and, five and they will right. go to the celebration bowl. Um, the game time, I would say keep, uh, keep your eye on that because I think last weekend's game was originally supposed to be at one o'clock and it was changed to three thirty. Um, so I'm thinking that this week it might happen again. Um, I don't know, um, but just you know, for anyone listening, you know, just just keep your eyes out um, because uh, the stadium needs to be packed. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking if the game time is changed to 3.30, oh, it's going to be off the hook because they have a light show. They, I call them the dancing lights. I they saw the them. light show. That, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't expect that. That was uh, <laughs> that was next level, man. Yeah, uh, that, that is good. That is next yeah. level, yeah. So that yeah. was pretty cool. And it, and uh, it, it, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it just adds to the excitement. It adds to the, to, the, to, the, uh, to the game, to the flow. And I think Morgan State, the last time they played at Green Stadium, I believe it was a night game because uh, Nate – 
Henry and I called that game as well. And that would have, wouldn't have been last year, but it would have been the year before last. And that was exciting. So I, I'm thinking that could happen again this year. But, I mean, if I can say anything to anybody, just get out to the games. Oh, my goodness. Norfolk State put up 44 points last weekend, this past weekend, this weekend. Um, and, you know, Delaware State is no slouch either. South Carolina State, Jarwin Howe. Oh, my goodness. If you have not seen a running back in the league, Jarwin Howe, Eden James, Ian Willard, um, Jarwin Howe's with South Carolina, uh, South Carolina State, of course. Uh, Ian Willard, Eden James, Jared Hunter. The running backs, the running backs in the in the MIAC are legit. They're legit. Off the hook. I mean, yeah. these, these cats are real. Um, and I'm hoping – I know I didn't mention some other running backs around the conference, but just those running backs have been impressive to me this season. Um the X factor, I think, for the Bison may be the Buffalo Soldier defense again last weekend or yesterday. They just played an outstanding game. Um, how how crazy is the parking up there at uh at at, at uh, Green Stadium? Uh, in the it? middle of D.C., there's no room, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not, there's no parking whatsoever. So you just kind of have to what? No, find, I mean, uh, as far as yeah, I mean, in, bus in. How are you going to get there? Just get there. Any way you can get there, get there. Because you, if you don't, you're going to miss a hell of a game. I know the one right. time I went to Green Stadium, I, I don't know whose house I wound up in front of, but <laughs> I, I just pulled over. It's like, this close as I'm going to get. Right. <laughs> uh, so the, the schedule right now on the website, the scheduled start time for the Central game is 2 p.m. And right now it's scheduled at 1. I, I think it – now, you know, TV dictates all of this, although – these mm-hmm. games are scheduled for ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if if you have that kind of freedom, but I think it would be good either way for both of these games to start at the same time. I, I would hope that is done just to compete, just to have that 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 fairness, a word I hate using, but to have some equality in this contest because, you know, what you don't want to do is what you see is one team starting at one, the other team starting two hours later, right? And then, you gotta, then you're gonna have somebody watching. No, I, I think check this, yeah. man. To add to the drama, are you kidding me right now? I would love to see the game time change from one o'clock to three thirty because you've already seen results for other games, and then you have this game being the game that I think would be the featured game of the weekend, as far as me is concerned. Starting at a later time. Oh, true, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I, I do, now, now, in that case, I do think you're right. I think how I think Morgan State Howard, if you were going to flex or move some game times, should probably move to a three thirty, even a four o'clock start, mm-hmm. and put it two hours behind North Carolina Central. So now, if and when North Carolina Central were to win, right. now you now it just adds to the drama, and I think the television exactly. viewership would almost triple uh, for that, I would think that so. game. Yeah, I would because think so. I would all eyes so. would be watching. All right. eyes would be watching. Okay, uh, Trevin. I know. I, hey, man. I, I appreciate you taking time to uh, to, to to join us tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to, uh, to, to hey, look. You, you you did a great job calling the game. Thank uh, you. I'm sure it was a memorable experience. Thank you. And you got one more to go, man. And and who knows? You might be you might be celebrating that championship and might be in Atlanta uh, calling that game. Yeah, uh, celebration bowl. <laughs> if I can, whbc 963 hd3.com. That's where people can listen to the game. I gotta say thank you to Derek Bryant, uh, Siobhan Mansfield, uh, Kerry Davis, and Coach Larry Scott. 
um, as well as uh, Steve Robinson um, for assisting with the uh, getting the, the broadcast out um, so that people can hear it. Um, they've done an awesome job all season. That was the athletic uh, staff as well as uh, HBCU, WHUR radio. Um, so definitely have to say, you know, thank you to them as well. All right. Hey, before, before you get out of here, I know you got to go. Give, give us a give us thirty second uh, elevated speech on HBCU Pro Sports Media. Oh no, no doubt. First, I have to say before I do that, Sean Plater uh, <laughs> with WHBC ninety six point three HD three got to put his name in there as well. Um, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. If you are a journalist on social media covering the HBCU platform in any way, shape, or form, announcer, uh, even if you're a sports information director, you're working in sports information departments, um, check out HBCU Pro Sports Media, Media Association.com. I think it's HBCU uh, PSMA. Help me out, gentlemen. HBCU PSMA.com, I believe. Um, that's the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association, uh, 50 members strong at this point in time. Um, and what we do is bring everyone together so we can network uh, and help each other um, I get, increase and diversify the coverage of the HBCU platform. Did I get it right, AD? Except you forgot to tell everybody your position in the uh, in the organization. Oh, so you really trying to put me out there? Uh, <laughs> right, right. What was the? What was the? I, the, I, I wasn't going to do all that, but you know, Drew. Really yeah, stuff. right. So I, I am the 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 president at this time. One of the founding members, as well as Brian and ad are also founding members as well um so definitely check that out uh brian just put up the 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 uh the location um and, and uh we cover all hbcu sports um I'm, it's interesting to see who's going to be ranked where this coming this coming weekend because you know benedict still undefeated won the siac championship virginia union beat uh one the CIAA championship after Virginia State have been going what seven it was undefeated for most of the season lost what the last two games if I'm not mistaken uh two of the last yeah. three I think two of the two last three. three yeah so interesting yeah you have FAMU doing their thing North Carolina Central I know was up there so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with our poll this week yeah uh that that's a good question I asked that question how far down will North Carolina Central drop that's a serious question how far yeah, now, you know, I'm a voter, you're a voter. Uh, how far would you drop them? They are number two on my personal ballot, ballot going into the week. And right. I'll be honest, I'll be honest, after what just happened today, I don't think I'm moving them off number two, to be honest. That's just me. That's good. Um, I was going to say, I don't know. Um, so there's so many different polls, and this is what I love about the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. There's more polls. We have our poll. But then I know with me working with UrbanMediaToday.com, they have a poll. I know that Brian has his personal poll, and then Dr. Cavill has his poll as well. And then BCSN, you all have a poll, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So yeah, correct. there's all these different polls, and they're still under one umbrella as far as us working together. That's why I think it would be intriguing for your listeners to definitely check out the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. Brian, that's a great point that you brought up. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. I have yet to decide on how, how far I would move um, North Carolina Central. My concern is how far do I move Howard? Um, how far up does Howard go? Now, that being said as well, and I'm going to put this out there. Uh, I was talking to a sports information director. We talked about North Carolina Central being ranked seventh nationally on the FCS level. Uh -huh. 
And I brought, we brought up the point that usually the HBCUs don't get the respect they deserve. And it's interesting to see North Carolina Central ranked so high, and that's the highest that they've ever been ranked um, on the FCS level in program history. I'm looking to see how much disrespect may be given to them since they lost 50 to 20 to Howard University and see how far they may fall on the FCS national poll. And the reason I bring that up is because that's where playoff in, in, implications come into play. Let's say they don't go to the celebration bowl. Will they still get a bid in the FCS playoffs? And I think that they should if they don't go to the celebration bowl, without question. I agree. Central has a good enough resume, especially with all those non-conference wins that they have on the FCS level to be in the FCS playoffs. And you and I see that. But you know, in the past, the track record has been no. The only team they lost to other than Howard was, was UCLA, fifty-nine to seven. Exactly. So if 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 Central winds up somewhere in the high teens on the final poll, it would be a travesty for them not to get into the FCS playoffs. Should uh, should Howard went out and get the Celebration Bowl bid, I'll go and publicly say that it would be a travesty for them not to get in with their resume. Let me throw one more thing in there for you gentlemen to think about. Wouldn't it be, and this is me, wish list, it would be interesting and awesome to see Howard and FAMU face off in the Celebration Bowl. Former MEAC teams going at it in the Celebration Bowl. Throwing it out there, just throwing it out there. I know know Mr. Grant is, is watching the show (laughs) <laughs> that's that, that's a dream. That's a dream ticket right there, Mr. Grant. You know, you know. I know North Carolina Central would bring some people, but uh, they, I've heard people say Howard done travel. No, uh, they would travel. Howard Howard does events, and that, ladies and gentlemen, there is no bigger event on the Black College HBCU calendar than the Celebration Bowl. So you tell me, Howard and FAMU. Uh, the Northeast Quadrant of America is going to be flooding <laughs> into Atlanta. Get out of here. That- I, I'm going out on the line, um, Brandon, um, Brian and AD, and I'm calling it. I'm calling my prediction is FAMU. And a swag, people, please don't get mad at me. Um, but I'm just saying for Kevin <laughs> A. Jones, I'm just calling that one. FAMU Howard Celebration Bowl, December 16th. All right. Well, there, can, everybody can there, there, there's Twitter. There's uh, there's there's Trevin's Twitter handle right there at ISO. So, <laughs> so you really you can, go, you can go hit Trevin up and let him know your thoughts on that one. Uh, those hey, of you who I, are, you know, Swag Nation. Anyway, I gotta add this in on that Trevin along those lines. Wouldn't it be ironic that it would take a former BAC team to represent the Swag for the Swag to win the doggone celebration bowl? And before you go to my Twitter handle, AD said that I didn't, but just no, no, so no, that you know, no, no, no. We, we trust. We we know we we have been telling we've been telling Swag Nation that's what it's going to take for the longest. So we just got to come through and on, on our end of the deal. But we we've been telling Swag Nation that that's how y'all going to get that first win, or I'm sorry, that second win is and in this long streak. It's going to take somebody like us See. who knows how to deal. I, I'm just saying. I, I've already. It, it is what it is. Trevin, there, there's no, it, the waters are muddy, and we just gonna continue to kick them up. So Yo, it family, is I don't, I, I, I love everybody on the HBCU platform. I don't want swack fans hating me or calling me out talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'll let you and AD have that. But my personal prediction 
It's Sam, you, and Howard in, in the Seahawks crazy. All right. Uh, again, you guys <laughs> make sure to check out uh, Trevin. Uh, check out uh, Urban Media Today as well. UrbanMediaToday.com is where you can find him. Uh, you can find him right there. There's his X Twitter handle. And uh, make sure to check out uh, Saturday's broadcast. Now, again, Mr. Grant jumped in and said that right now it's Morgan and Howard at 1 o'clock and Dell State versus Central at 2 p.m. Mr. Grant, you need to go ahead and get those times changed. Let's go work on getting those times changed and flip that. Somehow the Howard Morgan <laughs> game needs to be the second game and not the first game. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, it is what it is, you know. But uh, let's make for some let's make for some interesting, dramatic television on Saturday. Right. Okay. Hey, Brian. See, that works for Mr. Grant because should Howard lose that game, he can get on that private jet and still make it uh, to Durham to to give out the invitation. Spend that hour time. Spend that hour split. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Grant, they said it. I didn't have nothing to do with it. Drew is just so messy, man. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Trevor, man, we appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, my pleasure, brothers. Thank you for the awesome job that you all do. Keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Be well. We'll talk soon. Definitely. All right, Trevor Jones, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's do this. Let's take a short break come back plenty more to talk about uh we've already seen the chaos in the west in the swack west as a result of texas southern just molly whopping curb stomping all corn 44 to 10 so now uh, as if the, uh, the west is already we were just kind of thinking about what it would look like and how messy it could be well yeah guess what we get again for the last week I, I can't say it's the last week of the swag regular season, but void uh, of the Bayou Classic, a uh, swag champion in the West will be crowned next week. I think, hold that thought as we break down those scenarios and more right after this break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network with Brian and AD. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. 
When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. I was just in the middle of typing, sending the text. Uh, uh, how's, how's the drive going for you, Drew, right now? Drive's going excellent, my brother. Drive is going excellent. I might be home by the time this podcast is. Um, so just to update people, Okay, on this past, uh, actually just all of about an hour ago, Alcorn State, who came into the weekend with a half-game lead over Prairie View, well, I should say a one-game lead over Prairie View, uh, with a 5-1 and one record to Prairie View's 4-2. And, um, and then, of course, you had the game on Saturday, you had Preview versus Southern, uh, in which Preview had to rally to win by a score of 27 to 21, I believe it was. Uh, Preview is now five and two. Southern drops to four and three. Uh, Grambling defeated UAPB, so they improved to four and three. Both Southern and Grambling sitting at five and five overall, four and three. Interesting enough, I've heard people talk about uh <laughs> well uh, let's just say a few people i've heard call it a u-haul game which i i find kind of hilarious uh uh true are you back lost you there damn if you can hear me yeah i can um the um what i was just saying is i was just going through the scenarios here of going into the day and then, obviously, today, because of the game being moved to Sunday, Texas Southern hosting Alcorn State. game got moved to Sunday from Saturday. So Alcorn had a chance to watch Preview win. And so it just it, it meant that Alcorn couldn't win the SWAC West because they needed Southern to actually win and, they, and then beat Texas Southern as well. But... Texas Southern finally caught somebody. I, I know a lot of people have been saying this for a minute. Ooh, Texas Southern is going to catch somebody. Who are they going to catch? Well, they caught Alcorn is what they did. Uh, Alcorn, who had won five in a row, six of the last seven, uh, 44 to 10. And now you have a situation where Alcorn and Preview are tied at five and two in the SWAC West. 
Prairie View owns the tiebreaker by virtue of beating Alcorn by a field goal at the end of the ball game. But, and here's the big but, it's not as easy for these two teams coming up this weekend because they are playing arguably after FAMU, the next two toughest teams from the SWAC East this coming Saturday. Prairie View's taking on their rival, Jackson State. Alcorn State is hosting, hosting, uh, are they hosting or traveling? I'm not really sure. Uh, let me look here. Alcorn is at Jackson State. Prairie View. Yeah, Prairie View is hosting Alabama State. So, not easy games. You could have a scenario where should Alcorn and Prairie View lose. They would each have three losses and go to five and three. Then you'd have the case of the winner of the Bayou, Southern and Grambling, would move to five and three. And at that point, I don't know what the scenarios are, <laughs> but somebody out of that game could have a shot at advancing. I don't know. Somebody somebody on the on the chat. Uh, if you've got a, if you've done the tie-breaking scenarios or thought but, about the tie-breaking scenarios already, well, Brian, if you just think about it, in a three-way tie, Southern lost to both of those teams. Oh, did it? And I'm going off the top of my head. I believe Southern lost to both of those teams. We see what happened in the SIC. We're seeing what's happening right now in the possibility. So, if Southern wins, then it comes back to probably all the Hey, hey, Brian. I don't know if it's if it's because I'm traveling or your cord, but you're cutting in and out on me. It, it might be your cord. It might be your cord, unless I unless I see Th- something. There it is. You sound you sound so much clearer now. Yeah, it might, it might okay. be. You're, you're the one traveling, so we're gonna blame you. Uh, but I, <laughs> Can but you I repeat what you said, though? All right. Now, Jimmy Mack said it's me. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Curse <laughs> uh, <laughs> you. All right. What I was saying is. In the scenario where Southern beats Grambling, uh, it looks like Prairie View would go back to being the the representative because they would have the tiebreaker over Alcorn and Southern. But if Grambling were to win, that's when it gets fun. That's where it gets fun because Grambling beat Prairie View, but they lost to Alcorn. Right. And you know what's funny? It goes back. Remember about uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I did that little comparative, that uh, almost an AAU-style chart where I yeah. kind of looked at Alcorn, 
Prairie View in Grambling. Yeah. Uh, you, know who, you know who came out on top in that scenario? Who was that? Now, now that was by point differential. Now, I don't know if the SWAC is doing all that, but. No, I, I think they I think they go with record against next best. Uh, well, is that Southern? Would probably be. Okay. But the question is, uh, uh, with the common opponent, is it next best in their division, or next best was there an East opponent that they all played? Was there a common East opponent? No, I'm just curious. Uh, let me see. Alcorn has not played. Wow. Okay. That that's a that's a longer breakdown. Somebody do the math here. Some somebody in the chat room, do a breakdown on what the potential tiebreak scenarios are. Maybe even somebody can find it. But uh, it does make for an interesting scenario. And uh, I, I think people, just like uh, just like Chip 4029 said, you can see both. You can see both Prairie View and Alcorn losing next week. Realistically, you can. Realistically, you can. After what we just saw, uh, after what we just saw, yeah, uh, you, you could see them both losing. Um, uh, so Lawrence says, Lawrence said it goes by record in the division. Well, their record in the division would all be the same. Um, no, no. Uh, not necessarily, will it? No, yeah, that would be conference record. Yeah, divisional record. After because head to Prairie View uh, okay, hold on. Let me see. We're trying to. Are we gonna do the math here? Let me see. Who's Prairie View played from the East? Prairie View on the East has played Alabama State. Famu. Uh, wait a minute. Who did I say? I mean, Alabama got, no, State. Hold on. Stop. 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 I'm on Alcorn. I'm on Alcorn. Alcorn has Alcorn has played Alabama State, which they won. Valley, which they won. And this Jackson State game will matter. So if they end up losing to Jackson State, they would be two and one. They'd be two and one. So that would be they would be three. They would be three and two in division. Prairie View would be eliminated because they would have if they lose to Alabama State. They've already lost to FAMU, so that's two losses to the East. Who was the third team? Valley. So actually, yeah, they would they would still be three and two in the division. I thought you said out of division because no, it goes in division first, in division record. All right, here we go. Lawrence is breaking it down for us. Lawrence says Grambling is three and one in division. That's currently Southern is two and two in division. So if Grambling wins, Grambling would get the tiebreak based on division record. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. It sounds like that would make them four and one in division. Yeah, it, it sounds like if, if again, this, the big if is, you know, uh, no. Let's see. Hold on. And he says Prairie View is four and one in division. So then it would come down to Grambling and Prairie View. Jesus, what's the next level of tiebreaking scenario? Did it go, no, it goes, it goes back to head-to-head at that point. 
and which Grambling beat Prairie View. Yeah, so we would go to Grambling. All right, we'll, we'll that'll be interesting. But, I, I'll, once you eliminate a team, then you go back to head to head. Right, right. So, all right, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that all breaks down. Um, I got to give props again one final time. Had to show that again. Obviously, the internet never fails. Uh, <laughs> Fifty points. Who, whoever did that? I mean, just just genius. The massacre. Um, just genius. I had to show that. Uh, all right, moving forward though, let's kind of talk about uh, real quick two teams that are going on that are advancing past their championship games. Uh, yeah, let's talk that, some winners. Yeah, let's talk about some winners. Uh, first off, we got those guys, Virginia Union. Virginia Union, winners of the CIAA championship by virtue of their 21-10 victory over Fayetteville State. Uh, their first title in 22 years. Uh, Union finishes the regular season 10-1, and uh, winning seven games in a row. Um they jumped out to a 14 to nothing lead on uh, on Fayetteville State uh, off the backs of Jada Byers scoring a touchdown. Uh, later, they also scored. Uh, Christian Reed scored to go up 14 to nothing. Uh, Fayetteville ended up finding a way to score uh, late in the. As I pull up the box score here. Uh, with about 47 seconds remaining off of a kickoff return uh, following that second Virginia Union touchdown. So just when Virginia Union was starting to get comfortable, uh, they go from up 14-0 to a 14-7, a 91-yard kickoff return by Elliott, uh, by, by Barry Elliott, excuse me, makes it a 14-7 game. Not sure if people gave Union uh, Fayetteville State much of an opportunity at that point. Uh, Fayetteville State did kick a 20-yard field goal with 11.57 in the third quarter at the end of a seven-play, 70-yard drive to cut the deficit to 14-10. to 10. But back came Union uh, with a 16-yard touchdown run by Jada Byers, uh, capping off a five-play, 27-yard drive with uh, – 725 remaining in the third quarter to go up 21 to 10. And that's pretty much how it stayed uh, through the ball game. So uh, again, you know, the, the rematch as, uh, as we talked about Drew, of course, the first time these teams met Fayetteville won 10 to seven in a, in a hurricane, as you so appropriately called it. Uh, and uh, this time, it uh, goes Union's way. Uh, Jeff Roberts was in the house, enjoyed his trip to Salem, Virginia. Uh, good to see that uh, it, uh, it didn't disappoint the experience. Uh, all right, so what does that mean for Virginia Union in the playoffs, Drew? Well, playoff seating just came out maybe about an hour ago. And uh, what was Virginia Union's ranking in the South region prior to the championship game? They don't 
actually released these. Prior to the championship game, they were six, I believe. Okay. Six or seven. And Fayetteville so State was five. Okay, so there, there was a belief that either way, whoever was coming out of this was going to actually end up winning or getting earning a spot, Fayetteville or Virginia Union, one or the other, right? Uh, just didn't think right. it would, just didn't know where it would be. We were thinking it would be in Region 2 where they were last year, which is the South Region. But instead, they end up in Region 1, which is the Northeast Region. And Virginia Union, the NCAA committee uh, can can move a team from one region to another. Um, if, if they if, are an at-large. If they are an at-large, right. Uh, Jimmy Mack asked, why isn't Virginia Union hosting? Drew, you want to explain that to him? They, they were not one of the top four seeds. Seeds one through four hosts. Seeds five through seven are considered at large, and that's what allows the committee to exercise their right to move them to another region for travel purposes. Right. And geographically, this region is a lot closer for the Virginia Union than they would have gone had they uh, stayed in Super Region Two, because they would have possibly been shipped to either Mississippi or Florida. Yeah, um, so Cutstown, who was the four seed, or excuse me, the three seed, actually defeated the four seed team, Slippery Rock, in the PSAC. I think that's the Pennsylvania. PSAC. Yeah, the PSAC, PSAC. They defeated them. So you have two teams, the three and the four seed, that are from the same conference. As you can see, that was Slippery Rock's first loss of the season losing in the championship game to Cutstown. So Cutstown in Pennsylvania is where Virginia Union will travel. Now, I haven't done a quick GPS yet, but if somebody in the uh, in the chats want to tell me how far is it from Richmond to Cutstown, Pennsylvania, because that is where they will have to travel to. Uh, also of note, the Charleston, West Virginia team, that's the two seed, that's the same conference that West Virginia State plays in, which uh, uh, which is a, which is a what, what conference is that? That's the Mountain East. Mountain East, yeah. Thank you, Mountain East. So, so as you can see, uh, Union, you know, will probably have to travel anywhere from Pennsylvania if they win that contest to probably Charleston, West Virginia for a regional semifinal contest. Got to take care of business first in the first game, but uh, they will be taking on Cutsdown PA. Anything else you want to point out there about those teams in in that region one, Drew? No, a lot of things wound up shifting throughout the Division II playoffs projection this past weekend because count them, 11 of the top 25 teams lost their last game. Wow. 11 of the top 25. Yes. Almost 50%. Um, 
Okay, so that that could be why you see the shakeup there. Um, from there, okay. Jimmy Mack says from Richmond to cuts down PA four hours and twenty seven minutes, two hundred and seventy four miles. So that's uh, that's that's doable. Yeah, that's that's definitely doable for for that good contingent of fifteen thousand people who were there. Uh, yeah, who who were at um. Uh, Hovey Field for that Virginia State Virginia Union game. Uh, that's a great opportunity for uh, Panther Nation to travel. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to kind of look into the stats and kind of figure out what type of team cuts down it is uh, and, and kind of see what that might look like. Um, any other any other final thoughts there for for Fayetteville? Let me ask. Well, hold on. Let me let me let's talk the SIC champion first, and then we can talk about that next thing involving what Fayetteville State season may or may not be. All right, uh, moving over to the other side over in the SIC. Uh, that man right there, Chinnis Berry, uh, hosting that SIC championship trophy for the second consecutive season. Uh, Benedict defeats Albany State 47-10. Um, second consecutive 11-0 regular season for Benedict. The first time that that has been done by an HBCU at any level since Winston, since Winston-Salem State did it back in 2011 and 2012. If you remember those two teams, those two teams went perfect in the regular season conference championship uh the 2011 team went all the way to the national semifinal. 2012 team went to the championship game so they those are kind of led teams kind of Maynard led teams definitely but but uh still uh still a still a great moment there for coach barry and benedict college congratulations to them uh Congratulations to uh, Coach Gray and Albany State for getting uh, to that championship game. But they were just a little overmatched, wouldn't you say? A little? Well, they, didn't get, they didn't pick up a first down until about two minutes to go in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just a little overmatched. <laughs> um, all right, so... What does that mean for Benedict? Uh, what we do know is that Benedict is the number one seed in the Region 2, which is the South. Uh, similar spot as to where they were last year. Uh, they earned a bye, and they will host a game on December, let's see, December 2nd. No. Oh, sorry. December, no, I'm sorry, November 25th. Thank you. I had to correct myself. Uh, the first round of the playoffs is this Saturday, November 18th. That's when Virginia Union will play. The semifinals begin on the 25th. And they will take on the winner of Lenore Ryan and Shepard. Lenore Ryan has been in the playoffs. Uh, they are a consistent staple in the playoffs. And then you can see kind of on the other side, uh, Delta State versus West Florida, Valdosta State versus Limestone. Any anything you want to add there regarding these teams in the Region Two, Drew? 
Limestone appears to be the team that jumped Fayetteville State, first of all, uh, going back and looking at the projections. Uh, Fayetteville State, both of them, them had eight and three records, eight and three within Division Two and within the region, but and I talked about this this morning on uh, Dr. Kavir's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. You know, maybe there was a little bit of SAC bias that put Limestone in. Also, let's be real. The three HBCUs who made it in last year laid an egg once they made it in. And Limestone has a proven playoff record. So, Maybe the committee went with a team that they were more familiar with by by choosing Limestone. Shippenburg is the team that was switched with Virginia Union and shipped to the to Super Region Two. For those who are curious about which team actually replaced Virginia Union in the in uh, Region 2, and I believe Shippenburg is in there with uh, West Virginia State in the Mountain East Conference. So, uh, yeah. What's going to be interesting, the Delta State-West Florida matchup, and I don't think there was a way to avoid that one because the committee normally doesn't go with conference rematches on, on the first round. I would have to look and see if those two actually played each other because there's like one or two Gulf South teams who do not play each other as part of their regular cycle of uh, games. So that would be interesting if that's why they chose that particular matchup for the the at-large. They did actually play each other. And West Florida won at Delta State. 24 to 21. So, uh, and, it, and it does set up an interesting matchup where, so what it is is you get three teams from out of the GSAC. That's uh, Delta State, West Florida, and Valdosta State. Uh, where is Shepard from? Shepard is from the... That's the Mountain East team that replaced okay. the Virginia Union. Okay, that's okay. Shepherd. Okay, um, and then you have Lenore Ryan and Limestone from the SAC. SAC. Okay. Um, yeah. So what it, what it sets up is an interesting scenario where the winner of Delta State West Florida potentially could be playing a conference opponent, Valdosta State. So that whole bracket, the whole bottom half of that bracket is just you know GS. GSC heavy. Uh, with it's set up for a GSC team to be in the final. It, it is. It is. Yes, it is. It is. And then, uh, of course, you have Benedict and basically. And, and this is where the success of previous years matters. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this at various different times and places and shows. You know, we need it's important for Benedict to win their semifinal game. It is uh, to get an opportunity to play 
in the next round. And even, hey, I would love to see Benedict come out of the region. It's going to be challenging. But hopefully this team learned from the experience of a year ago. Hopefully the coaching staff learned how to manage the roster, especially with the holiday break coming up, so that, you know, they truly are ready to go after the bye week. Thanksgiving doesn't need to be this Saturday. Like you know, get together, watch watch your opponent, watch the game, have your Thanksgiving dinner, and then go through your regular routine starting on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, so that brings up the interesting scenario after those two teams about drew the uh the beach bowl that that bowl game that's scheduled for uh i gotta look to see if i can find it here 13th december 13th i believe is the date wednesday december 13th okay between the sic and the ci double uh the question is the florida beach bowl is the name of the bowl game uh, who makes for the best brawl? Because, and, and I do want to, I do want to point this out because I've heard people mention this. Right, all these bowl games. There are so many bowl games that are played during the week. Uh, the, these bowl games are really meant for the community and the alumni fan base. You know, it, it's it's unique. It's new for the HBCU market, but for college athletics in general, it's not new. So, you know, don't... Sure, would would they have... I don't know why they didn't play this game on the weekend, so let's not go there with that. I do know they probably didn't want to compete with the Celebration Bowl. I, I bet you anything, there's something to that. You didn't want to play that weekend against the Celebration Bowl. I would have played on Sunday. Uh, well, you know, if you, if you can, or even the following Monday, I honestly, I would have played Friday because the state, the Florida state high school championships are over and you're not competing. You don't have to compete with the NFL on Sunday, but you know, we'll worry. That's the next year problem this year is which two teams make the best sense, which makes the best draw, uh, the interesting matchup. I'll start with the CIAA. Your your top three candidates are Virginia State, Fayetteville State, and Johnson C. Smith. Right. You know, in the SIAC, your top three candidates, Tuskegee, Miles, and Edward Waters. Now, you don't think Allen? I, okay. I I jump Edward Waters over Allen due to geography. Okay, I follow. Makes sense. Yes, that's I why. Think. That's why. I, uh, it's not that Allen is not deserving, but geographically, I think Edward Waters it would be my third 
would be in the, the triumvirate. Gotcha. Now, if I were Beach Bowl and I need to send the invitation out in the morning, which they probably already sent invitations out, but if I were sending invitations out, my first choice, my first draft choice out of the CIAA would be Virginia State. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. My uh, top, Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. My top draft choice out of the SIAC would be Tuskegee. <laughs> sure. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Tuskegee, Virginia State, for, for some reason... I don't, I don't know why, but that's an intriguing matchup among people in HBCU land because of the tradition of those two programs. And both fan bases tend to travel uh, very, very uh, well. So that would be my top choice if I was down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, trying to figure out which teams to uh, pull from. My number two combination in the CIAA, I probably go with Fayetteville State, and in the SIAC, I go with Ever Waters, purely on geography with Ever Waters, because Miles is probably the more deserving team. But on the geography, you got to pull Ever Waters in, because there is some Ever Waters. There's a good Ever Waters base down in that Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. Uh, Jamie Walker chimes in, uh, thinking Edward Waters versus Virginia State would be tremendous. I I can't disagree with it. No, I can't disagree. I think having Edward, but but I think somehow leaving. I, I feel I feel Lawrence and what he said about Miles. Miles, if if I'm gonna put Virginia State out there. I think Miles is the best team out of the SIAC. If you're just I, talking about best competitive team, right. Miles is the best of those three. Right. That. Right. right. So yeah, I, I and, and and Miles and Tuskegee both coming out of Alabama. You know, no disrespect to uh, Tuskegee Nation. Uh, I would go with Miles. Uh, Watch your mouth, Brian. I, I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They, you know. Uh, who won that game between the two? So I mean, I, I've got I've got that on top of just the fact that Miles might be could make an argument best team in the state of Alabama, best HBCU team in the state of Alabama. Maybe Alabama State's gonna gonna give you a tough argument right now with the way they've been playing the last uh, six weeks. Yes, yes, tough argument. Um, uh, <laughs> Chip, Chip says I like Tuskegee, but I don't want to see that defense anymore this season. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot disagree with you, Chip. Oh man, that's funny. Uh, Jamie times in again. His second choice would be Tuskegee and Johnson C. Smith. Johnson C. Smith. I like that one. I, I do I, like that. Yes. I, you know, give me Edward Waters and John, from a historical standpoint. How about this? Johnson C. Smith versus Edward Waters. Uh, you know, 
Edward Waters being the first HBCU in the state of Florida, Johnson C. Smith being the first, uh, being a part of the first HBCU football game. I, I think from a historic, and, and both, I think both have had great seasons. I, I think that would be an interesting matchup. So if I'm just going to go completely off of my Miles Virginia State, I'm going with that matchup. I'm going with that matchup. I, I think that would be, and, and, and then you could play up to the community the historical uh, significance of both universities and what they mean not only to the state of Florida, but to HBCU football in general. You know, I think that's worth uh, talking about as well. All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break, come back with a little bit more here while we got some time. Uh, We're not going to be here too much longer here on the show. Uh, So let's take a short break, come back and uh, maybe break down these scenarios but we did break down the scenarios uh let's see what we, we'll see what neatly we left on the bone regarding the swag and just some of the other games that happened over the weekend you're watching the bts and sports rap right here on the black college sports network we'll be back in just a moment the cuvee group is a florida-based marketing and training consulting firm We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here on video. AD Drew in his car driving uh, through the the, uh, the the dark highways of Alabama and Georgia, somewhere in there. Um, 
sounded like you wanted to jump in with uh, a nugget or a note about something true or uh, before we went to break. Brian, that was a whole break ago. I don't remember what we were talking about before the break. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Drew. Uh, all right. Um, oh, I know what it was. Yeah. Uh, I want to see how, how well we need to uh, cry over these picks that we did last week before we get out of here also. Do you, do you even recall what those picks were? Because I don't know. I don't think I recorded them, to be honest, Drew. I've gotten real bad about that here. I think once we missed that one week, I think everything went to went to pot from there. And I, I just, I, I know we, I know we got the Central Howard game wrong. We got, uh, we both had yeah, Benedict. True. Yep. We both, we both had Virginia Union. Yep. Uh, what was? Our SWAT game, I think we both got wrong because I think we both had all, we had Alcorn PV for the SWAT game, and we both picked Alcorn. We we both picked uh, Central, and you were uh, one up on me because I picked Florida Memorial and you picked Kaiser, so you actually got okay. Um, our, our chat group just dropped, uh, some info here on how Grambling can win the West, which pretty much falls in line with what we talked about. I'm just trying to figure it out here. Uh, and I'm, I just want to cite the source on where they, where, uh, this came from. Uh, so maybe if we've got time, I'll mention that. Let me go through a few questions here in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lawrence asks, uh, if Benedict and Virginia Union lose the playoff game, does the winner of the bowl game, does the winner of the bowl game become lower division national champion? Hell no. <laughs> No, I don't think that's how it works, Lawrence. I don't think that's how it works. I, I think there's something to being the conference champion. Uh, I, I think it is an interesting question is, what will separate Benedict and Virginia Union, though? Um, obviously, if Virginia Union wins say their opening round game and then they both lose in the semis Benedict would have one loss Virginia Benedict would be 11 and one Union would be 11 and two at that point yeah I, I think I think in order for Virginia Union to probably win they've they got to go have, one round further they got to go one round further than Benedict goes. I think that's how that would have to work. And as, and as far as the Beach Bowl goes, you, you you know that consolation game that people have in some of these uh, AAU tournaments, Brian? Yes. That's what the Beach Bowl is. It's a third-place game. Uh, yeah, consolation. At, at best, 
at best in any poll, the winner of the Beach Bowl finishes third. And I said at best. Uh, Jeff Roberts asks, are the Orange Blossom Classic folks involved in this bowl game? I do not believe they are. Uh, I didn't look into that, Jeff. Um, uh, I'm trying to just kind of glance here at the website and see if I see anything that might... I would be surprised, though, Jeff, if they've been to the Orange Blossom Classic and done some consulting or, or maybe got some some tips from the folks at the OBC. Now, speaking of the OBC, Drew, you might find this interesting. I have learned who I think the two opponents are for next year. Now, this is unofficial, and I'm going to be very vague, but I'm not going to be vague. I'm going to be vague, but not vague. So, as to not put it out there and let you guys who are watching and listening kind of figure it out on your own, uh, my sources tell me that it involves a PIAC school and a SWAC school. Uh, the SWAC school is, I want to be, how do, how do I want to be careful about this? The SWAC school is from the Which West division? Divi West division. And the MEAC school uh, has won a conference championship in the last or post-COVID. I was almost going to give states. I was going to give states, but I think if I gave states, you'd figure it out. Yeah. Well, the BX school is, is, is real easy because we know it come, they come from the Carolinas. So you, you got a 50% chance on that. <laughs> so we'll just, no we'll, just, we'll just leave that right there. I mean, you, when you said they won a, a SWAC championship post-COVID, <laughs> Both of them came from the Carolina. Well, hey, that's all I'm going to say for this week. Maybe I'll release, yeah. maybe I'll give another hint yeah. next week's show. You got to come back to find out. Again, this is unofficial, so until it's formally announced, but at least that's what my my sources are uh, telling me. Since, since we put potential games out there, can I put one out, Brian, that will upset me if if it happens? Uh, yes. Yeah, and then I'm going to read this question here from EA. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I've been told that one of FAMU's games may be moving off campus after the big stink of getting out of the OBC. Because they wanted more games on campus. 
wait a minute, repeat that again? I, I, I've had a source that told me that maybe one of FAMU's games maybe will be off campus. After making the big stink about having more games on campus. Right, I'm just I just mean, want to leave that there. Because right now, my understanding is there's only four, four. games? Yes. There may only be three. And I'll leave that right there. I can't see that. Now that would be that would that would be interesting. I don't think there's ever been a year where FAMU had less than four, but it's not it's not unprecedented. Uh, didn't somebody this year in the SWAT have three? I would have to look back. Hell, Morehouse had two. Uh, that well, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. Um, uh, interesting question here from EA. Uh, if both Prairie View and Alcorn lose, it would create tremendous pressure on the SWAC, FAMU, and Tallahassee because tickets will be held up for purchase till that Monday after Thanksgiving. Possible affecting attendance. Why would tickets be held up? The home team should go ahead and get their allotment, though, wouldn't they? Wouldn't you think? I would think so. I would think the like I, you would I, hold, you would you know you would make sure there's a, enough of an allotment because with that being a neutral site, there should be a fifty-fifty allotment. There should be a fifty-fifty allotment up to a certain point, and I, and that's one of the things I've been trying to kind of find out from the swag i've reached out you know to uh andrew roberts and and trying to get dr mcclellan on the show to kind of find out how the ticket scenarios are going to work out you know do the schools get 40 percent each and then like a 10 percent goes into the general pot you know or i'm sorry at that point it'd be 20 percent you know which i think would be that would seem to make the most sense to me like each school would sell 40%. Then you have 20 that goes into sort of a general conference pot for them to sell or do. And then and then after a certain time period, then let's just say the road team doesn't sell all theirs, then it becomes back into the general market. I, I don't I'd love to know how that's uh how that's done. But again, that's just um, that's just me thinking here. Now, what I think is interesting, though, for Florida A&M people is to watch what the attendance looks like at this weekend's Florida Classic, which is in Orlando, uh, because many uh, traveling Rattlers may opt to pass on the Florida Classic and try to score tickets to the celebrate uh, to the SWAC championship game, or even hedge their bets and go one step further for the celebration bowl. Um, because look, if I, was, before, I was gonna say if I was hedging by wallet, I go to the OBC when it comes to hotel prices. Uh, yeah, in terms of who's gonna have the best hotel prices, it's definitely gonna be in Orlando. 
but there's still places in Atlanta that are that are that have good hotel prices, and I think Atlanta's a big enough city that I don't think you're going to be. I don't. I don't think the city is. I don't, don't think you don't event, think downtown. Yeah, I, I was going to say I don't think the event is big enough to to push ticket prices on the outskirts of Atlanta, and I think Atlanta's big enough to deal with you staying on the outskirts of downtown to go to the celebration bowl. So I, I this is the, it's the Tallahassee market that is going to cost some people, you know, um, yeah. Hey, if you go into the celebration bowl, let me give you another hint. Stay at, stay by the airport. Wait a minute, offer that Better to the hotel rates and you can hop on the water to get downtown. Stay by the airport. Better hotel yeah. rates and you can hop on the water to get downtown in 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I know a lot of you are, are chatting about the ticket situation. Unfortunately, yeah, none of it has been kind of released. Uh, so we don't know what to expect from the ticket situation. Um, all right, Drew, I want to I want to take a minute and pivot off of football because there's a couple other, I think, interesting. We're in that point of the season where the, the sports calendar gets heavy. So if if you don't mind, uh, I think I want to make mention of a couple things. Uh, regarding volleyball and basketball. Uh, and, and I mentioned that because volleyball is coming to an end and basketball is just starting. Meaning, coming to the end, meaning both the MIAC and the SWAC are having their conference tournaments this upcoming weekend. Uh, I think the the Division Twos are having theirs as well. Uh, I know I saw the GSA, uh, the GCAC have theirs uh, over the weekend. But uh, just to, to let people know for the MEAC, uh, let's see, how many teams are in the volleyball? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so all eight go in. The number one seed in the MEAC uh, bracket, which I actually do have that pulled up here. Number one seed is Coppin State uh, with a 24-4 overall record, 13-1 conference record. Uh, they are the one seed. Uh, the volleyball tournament is uh, at Del- I believe it's at Delaware State. I think, yeah, Dover, Delaware. Delaware State is the host for the for the MIAC championship. Begins Friday night. Uh, that's November 17th. Howard is the two seed. They were 11-3 and three in conference play, 15-3 and three overall. Delaware State, who's the host, is the three seed. 9-5 overall, 16-12 overall. 9-5 in conference, 16-12 overall. Maryland Eastern Shore is the four seed. They are 8-6, 15-11 overall. Uh, the bottom four seeds... Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, Morgan State, South Carolina State all finished below 500 in their overall record. So 
you know, as you guys, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can kind of see what that bracket kind of looks like. Um, over for the SWAC, the SWAC ended their schedule. Alabama State finished conference play perfect, 16-0. and 0. Uh, I don't know when the last time that has been done, Drew. Do you, did anybody mention when the last time somebody went perfect in women's volleyball? I know, fam, you came close the last couple of years, but I think they had at least one loss each of the last two seasons in conference play. No, no, I don't know when that uh, occurred, right? All right. Uh, the women's volleyball tournament for the SWAC is held at Prairie View. Prairie View A&M is hosting. And again, Alabama State, 16 in a row. Now, get this. Alabama State went 1-12 in the non-conference. Then they started with a win over Florida A&M in conference play and then conceded, and then proceeded to win the next 15 games. And so they have won 16 in a row, uh, finishing a perfect 16-0. Real interesting how that, how that worked out. Uh, Prairie View, the host school, finishes as the two seed. They finished the conference 13 and 3, 18 and 12 overall. They've won their last five games. Florida AM, the two-time defending SWAC champions. They finished 12 and 4 in the conference. 16 and 13 overall. They have won their last six in a row. Uh, just in case you were curious Florida A&M's four losses, two of them came to Alabama State. Uh, one of them came to uh, Texas Southern, and the other came to Alabama A&M. Both of those last two games came with FAMU leading two sets to nothing, and they ended up losing 3-2. Alabama A&M comes in at the four seed. 11 and 5 in conference play, 12 and 18 overall. They've won their last two. So the only three volleyball clubs that have uh, uh, have positive 500 records are Alabama State, Prairie View, FAMU. Uh, teams 5, 6, 7, and 8, and only the top eight make it to the tournament. Jackson State is the five seed. They were 10 and 6 in conference play. Texas Southern, the sixth seed, they were eight and eight. Grambling State, the seventh seed, they were seven and eight. Bethune Cookman uh, rounds out with a seven and nine record. Uh, and actually, there may be some games going on today, so I don't know. I see Southern, if Southern, Southern has a six and nine record, there's a game that's missing. So Southern may actually be playing somebody today and it hasn't been recorded so i don't know if southern or bethune cookman one of those two is going to be the eight seed uh so that's what that matchup will will be um over in the swag volleyball swag volleyball tournament starts friday november 7th as well uh good to see you there mama body miss body come in 
Uh, yes, chaos. Y'all know how to do things over there in Texas Southern, boy. Chaos uh, over in the SWAC West. Yeah, boy. Uh, good point, Edwin. Uh, Prairie View hosting volleyball, soccer, and track and field. They, hey, look, they they got good facilities, I guess. They put the bid in. Um, you know, so uh, props to Prairie View for being, being on their facilities game. Uh, looks like I got Drew back in. Drew, you back? Yeah, your signal's a little bad. I can't hear you very well. All right, how go. about now? Ah, you're good. You're good. Okay, right. uh, I was just finishing up the volleyball. I wanted to transition over to basketball for a second, Drew. Obviously, the first week of the basketball season kicked in. I uh, want to make a, a note of a few teams over on the men and women's side. Uh, on the men's side, I got to say probably the upset of the of the week or the win of the week belongs to Southern University. Uh, on Wednesday, hold on a second. Drew's on. I think Drew's trying to do something here. Hold on. All right, Drew, I got you now. Yeah. Okay, something happened where there's a little feedback. Okay, uh, the win, the team of the week in men's basketball has got to be Southern University. On Wednesday, Southern traveled to UNLV, Nevada, Las Vegas, to the Thomas and Max Center, and they defeated. UNLV 85 to 71. Uh, Southern was a 21 and a half point underdog. Uh, 25 to 1 is what I believe the odds were of Southern. So if you were a Southern backer and you felt really confident about your team and you put, I don't know, let's say you put. A hundred dollars down on Southern, you would have you would have walked home with twenty five hundred dollars. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Southern led forty to twenty one at the half. Southern shot eleven of twenty one. That's sixty one percent from the three point arc. Um, I hope I'm saying this name right. Uh, Tyrion or Ty Tyrion Joseph. Scored 22 points to lead Southern. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I noticed uh, in these early season contests, especially where the HBCUs are matched up against um, what I'll say power six opponents, is that uh, is that the three-point shooting, what what key stats you can always look at? Three-point shooting, whether it's be whether it be the other team or the HBCU team, turnovers, uh, turnovers. Those things always seem to matter, and usually, if you're getting turned over more than your opponent, that's not a good recipe for winning a ball game. And then. Points in the paint. Uh, let's see. 
points in the paint. That's another statistic here that you can always look at and see if you're if, are you being out rebounded? Are you giving up more points in the paint than your opponent? Uh, all right, Jude, I got you now. You're a little staticky. Sounds like we're listening to a record that's about to uh, kick in. All right, so I'm going to come back to Drew in a second as we try to get the turntable squared away with the with that audio situation by Drew. Um, Drew, hit me in the chat if you can once you think you've got your audio situation figured out. Um, let me go over to the women's side. The team of the week on the women's side has got to be the Norfolk State Lady Spartans. They went 3-0, and winning their third game today. Uh, back on Monday, the Spartans defeated William and Mary 66-64. to uh, That was a game in which uh, Kiara Wheeler, a junior forward, she led Norfolk State with 17.7 rebounds. And here's, here's a key stat again. Remember, I went back and talked about turnovers, right? Norfolk State had 19 turnovers. But William and Mary had 24, and Norfolk State had 13 steals off those 24 turnovers by William and Mary. Norfolk State, one of the best defensive teams in women's basketball. I'm just going to let y'all know that. That's fact. And I watched them today against Radford. They play great defense. Uh, so if you get a chance to watch Norfolk State women, uh, that is a great team. That is a good team. Well coached. Uh, of course, they're the defending uh, MEAC champions. All right, Drew, you back now? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. A bit of an echo, but uh, the other game that Norfolk State better. Norfolk State followed up Monday's win on Wednesday, knocking off another CAA team. This time they beat Drexel 51-49. Uh, Kiara Wheeler turned in another good performance, scoring 15-9. and And then, of course, as mentioned today, Norfolk State put the offensive game together with their defense, and they beat Radford 70-44. to DeBriah Clark, a freshman guard, scored a team-high 16 points with seven rebounds off the bench. Um, and again, Norfolk State is now 3-0, and all on the road, all three road wins. So uh, shout out to uh, Norfolk State, uh, again, defending MEAC women's champs. Uh, another team that I got to give some props to is Howard University. Howard University men opened the week beating Hampton at home, 92-80. to 80. Five starters and double figures for Howard, uh, led by Bryce Howard, a junior guard with 23 points, five rebounds. He was 8 of 12 from the field. Marcus Dockery, a junior guard, scored 21 points. He was 5 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, Hampton was led by Tedrick Wilcox, senior guard, scored a game-high 24 points. He was 6 of 6 from the three-point arc, but not enough from the rest of his teammates. 
Uh, Howard would go to Atlanta on Thursday and nearly take out Georgia Tech at home. And I say nearly because Howard had a 47 to 41 lead at the half. They led by as much as 14 in the second half. And it wasn't until Georgia Tech took the lead on a three-point shot with 2.43 to play in the game uh, to go up by two that uh, Georgia Tech overcame Howard. Offensive rebounds. Tech had plus 11 offensive rebounds and 17 more field goals. So, again, I told you that key stat. Offensive rebounds, field goals. Um, Tech plus 11 and 17 more field goals. Uh, not too much was out there. I mean, I saw, you know, Tennessee State grab a couple wins, but they did that against, they beat Fisk 76-61. Uh, so that was a good, good game for people in the city of Nashville to get out and support. Uh, Tennessee State also beat Kentucky State 83-58. I saw Jackson State. Although Jackson State lost twice this week, they had a lead at the half in both games. Uh, So Jackson State, one of those teams to really kind of pay attention to, they're going to catch one of these Power 5 teams. I feel real confident about that. Coach Mo Williams has a good group. Uh, Tomorrow... Monday night, light schedule, some games to kind of pay attention to on the men's side. Hampton uh, will take on Norfolk State. That's at Norfolk State. UAPB will be at Central Arkansas. That's an opportunity to win a couple games. UAPB 2-1 and one right now after beating a pair of non-Division one opponents. Uh, and then Southern is taking on 12th-ranked Arizona. They probably won't be 12th ranked on Monday because Arizona just beat Duke on Friday night. Uh, here's a here's a, just a summary of what the week was like for our HBCUs. These are a listing of the teams that the MEAC and SWAC teams played this past week. They played in the MEAC. They played number one, Kansas, number 12, Arizona, Temple, Virginia Tech, USF, Georgia Tech. 18th ranked Texas and Georgia. Over in the SWAC, SWAC teams played 14th ranked Arkansas, uh, Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, Memphis, Minnesota, TCU, 8th ranked Creighton, Nebraska, Iowa, Colorado, California, Washington State, and Arizona State. Uh, All of those were lost by the SWAT team. So uh, just wanted to give you kind of an update on the first week of the basketball season and uh, something we're going to try to try to start to do as we make that slow transition from football season into 
basketball. All right, Drew, I don't know if you're on mute. If you want to jump back in here, anything uh, anything you want to add regarding basketball or volleyball before we maybe come back to football and get ready to close out today's show? Yeah, uh, just keep in mind, NAIA basketball has already started, and Division Two basketball started this past weekend also. So if you're a fan of Division Two or NAIA basketball, make sure you uh, check your school's website to see how your school did. And for those of you all who are uh, learning your coach's bios because your football season is over with, <laughs> let's get ready to hoop. Yeah, got to give a shout-out to uh, Langston University. Langston, the Lions are preseason number four in the nation in the preseason top 25 NAIA coaches poll. Uh, they did get a win in their season opener. So, uh, of course, uh, you know, Langston only lost two games last year, once in the regular season and then once in the uh, the the sweets, not the sweet 16, but the, 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 the national tournament. What I forget, I always forget what they call that in the uh, NAIA. The round of sixteen. The round of sixteen. Thank you, thank you. Okay, uh, looking back on some scores again from Saturday, I'll tell you, Drew. I know we haven't talked about coaching hot seats, but the seat is getting hot in Huntsville, Alabama, for Connell Maynard. I gotta imagine. Uh, they lost on the road 31-14 to Bethune-Cookman. And the key stat that I saw was that AM gave up over 400 yards on the ground. Not to one player, but to a team. Um, and it just brings me – where was I? I? I asked this question out on Twitter – uh, of course, yeah, Southern losing at home to Prairie View 27-21. And whose seat is hotter, Eric Dooley at Southern or Connell Maynard in Huntsville? Oh, you're wrong for that question, Brian. I, I'm and sorry, I'm going to tell, tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> we're, we're going alphabetical order. We'll start with Alabama A&M. Coach Connell Maynard was there before athletic director Paul Bryant got there. So just the fact that the athletic director did not hire the current head football coach puts, puts Connell Maynard on the hot and Southern, with this rabbit fan base, uh, there, there's no in-between with Coach Eric Dooley. Either people loved him or hated him when they made that hire. Well, the hates have grown more, and that's due to the product on the field because talk over the and we've got Southern people within our Black College Sports Network organization uh, and other media 
members of the media who are Southern alum. The biggest thing with Connell Maynard is the lack of adjustments, the lack of innovation, and the product just does not look good. And that Southern fan base is that Southern fan base. We'll leave it at that. So, the, who's, yeah, seen I, it? who's seen this horror, Brian? If you, if you were to pin me in a corner and ask me, I've got to go with Duke. Slightly hotter than Maynard, although Maynard's situation is not pretty. See, the, the, the smell of winning that abbreviated SWAT title in 2020, or after, actually the spring of 2020, is gone. Uh, they they followed that season up with a seven and three uh, record, and that was of course the end of the Aquil Glass era. But the two years since then, and it, and, I, and I say it, the reason I say this, and I mention those two names because Dooley and Maynard are similar in the fact that they are both regarded as offensive guys, and. Of course, Maynard, we understand, uh, you know, his, he, he being a former quarterback and you, you feel like he should be able to get this right. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't found the guy yet. I mean, it's hard to replace an Aquil glass, okay, uh, for starters. But he, they, haven't had, they haven't been successful in, in replacing him. Uh, the young man Langford, the young man Casey, neither one has done enough to submit, or either Maynard is not showing enough patience, whatever it may be. The Dooley situation is interesting because you got rid of a coach who had been successful. Now, granted, he had one, he had one or two opponents that he had trouble with. But overall, he was pretty doggone successful. And so you went to the next best thing, supposedly, in going to Dooley. And Dooley, and Dooley was, a, uh, Dooley's a, was a receiver when he played. Right, right. Dooley was, Dooley was the guy that you all wanted. You, you, you ran out. Uh, uh, oh, why can't I, I? I almost called him something else. But, um, uh Norfolk State's coach. Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Help me out here, Drew. Why can't I think of his name? The, the, the former coach at Southern. You almost you ran him out of town, and so you wanted Dooley. Okay, and yeah, Southern backdoored their way into the SWAC championship game last year. Dawson Odom, thank you, Dawson Odom, thank you, Chuck. Okay. Um, you backdoored your way into the SWAT championship game, but now uh, this is all you. This is all, and and I tell you the one thing that that's got to be frustrating to Southern fans, Drew. And, and it's the thing that I really appreciate about Coach Simmons at Florida a and But I listen to Coach Dooley. But I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this nicely. He doesn't inspire me or give me confidence that 
the next week is going to be better than what I just saw on Saturday. Because it sounds like, and there's the, there's the level of coach speak to all of this, right? But the coach speak from Dooley really sounds repetitive and almost dismissive of what needs to change. I, and Edwin, yes, you said it right as I was right as I was coming out of my mouth, the word dismissive. And it doesn't sell. It doesn't sell, man. You you want to inspire confidence in the alumni base and the supporters? Nah, you you're not doing it. You're not doing it with that with the same rhetoric that he's given week in and week out. If he were winning, okay, sound like that. But you're not winning, and you're not you know you're you're losing uh, at at home. This Southern had six home games this year. Uh, what what is Southern at home? Maybe like two and four. Uh, Southern is currently five and five right now, right? Let me see. At home, lost to Jackson State. Uh, they beat Alabama A&M. Lost to Florida A&M. Beat Lincoln of University. Beat Lincoln of California. Uh, beat Texas Southern. Lost to so they three and three. So you went three and three at home. They two went. They two went three, Brian. You can't count that Lincoln game. <laughs> well, all right, but it was homecoming, so it got you. It got you whatever it got you. Okay, so whether whether you, whether you want to say that two and three or three and three, that's what you are at home. You know, and yeah, uh, Chuck said it here. Um, the dismissiveness. I don't know, you know. See, uh, see, so let's, let's, let's go back to Dooley being higher. Was Dooley really the choice, or was he just like the top free agent out there on the market? Let's, let's not forget, it was Prairie View who allowed Dooley to become available. Let's think about that's that. That's true. Maybe there was a That's reason Prairie View let yeah. Dooley become available. Because uh-huh. Prairie View was the ones who did not offer Dooley a contract the summer before. And then when Prairie View found themselves in the mix, Prairie View tried to come in at the last minute at the 11th hour and offer a, a new contract. Well, by that time, Dooley was probably PO'd and like, I don't want to be here if y'all didn't think I was good enough to be here in the first place. So Dooley technically was a free agent. Yeah. And if you're Dooley, you're going to go to the best situation for yourself, which at that, at that point in time was Southern. Southern, you're going to get the best coach that you think is out there after you dismissed your coach who was serviceable but what what quite get you where you need to be so you went and got the coach who just won the swag west for your rival brian 
it's almost like if you are a landlord and you got that tenant, they pay their rent, but they may pay it instead of on the, between the first and the fifth. You may not get your rent until the twentieth, but you're gonna get your rent. That's what Dawson Odoms was. You're gonna get your rent. Now you got some, now you you can put you know put a uh, for rent. You gotta do tenant in there, and you get your rent on time. But dang, you gotta repair the refrigerator every other month. You gotta you gotta fix the stove. Now you got other type of problems with this new tenant. That's what the southern situation is. And, and and go one step further. Edwin reminds us, he reminds of a good point here. Prairie View interviewed T.C. Taylor, right? And we all remembered how, well, I don't even know if people knew at the time. T.C. got demoted from his O.C. duties, apparently, from what I heard, that uh, I guess that bothered Coach Prime, or maybe it was the offense. I, I don't know. Who knows? You know, Coach Prime seems to have a thing when he doesn't like how things are going with his OC. He demotes them and moves them. So uh, that that's a thing in its own self, right? Uh, we've seen that kind of play out in Colorado. When 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 your son is the quarterback, no offense, no offense to Dion, no offense to Shadour, but when your daddy's the coach and your son is the quarterback. If the son don't like something, you're going to do what you, what you think is in your son's best interest. Well. And and, I, and this is the second time this has happened. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Good point. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I almost think sometimes I remember Coach Sanders was an offensive coordinator in high school. When he was coaching him in high school, he was the OC. Uh, maybe Coach Prime needs to go back to be in the OC in college and kind of do what Willie Simmons did and say, you know what, if this is going to rest on my shoulders, I'm going to go back to being the primary play call. Um, so anyway, the uh, look how that has kind of played itself out. Prairie View ends up with Bubba McDowell. Jackson State ends up with T.C. Taylor. It works out so good to the point that T.C. Taylor is 7-3. and three, and, and every other new coach that was hired is, I think. Underwater. underwater. Yeah, underwater or gone. Drowned either, or underwater. One of the two. Gone, fired, let go. Uh, you know, Morehouse hadn't even officially said what happened, but the coach said that they let him go. Of course, Clark, you know. Uh, let let uh, let a legend go midway through the season. Uh, so so all these other new coaches this year. TC Taylor seven and three makes for an interesting argument in terms of your coach of the year. Whether you give it to Willie Simmons for going unbeaten in the SWAC and finally beating Southern, or do you look at TC Taylor? Look at, yeah, from, well, I said he beat T.C. Taylor, but he beat Jackson State. Yeah. Um, or do you look at the fact that, and I said this, remember what I said at the very beginning of the season? I said, I didn't think 
I thought the first four games of the year were about as hard as you could ask for a first-year coach dealing with the drastic number of turnover that uh, Jackson State had. And what did they end up going? Uh, two and two. And two. two, and two. Yeah, and I, and then and then they ran off a, a, a winning streak, and I'm 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 of the thought that, you know, I thought two and two, I really thought one and three was likely, two and two would be a success, and it turned out it has been a success. Um, it'll be interesting to see where people vote, um, and what they do with that um i I wonder well we we can talk about next week's show we can talk about our maybe our preseason or postseason awards uh or for for that um speaking of postseason and preseason brian i don't know if you remember the schedule matrix that we all did uh at the beginning of the season when we determined how many games we were going to win Yes. I had Alcorn losing this game today. Did you really? Yes. Because it was a classic trap game. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay. It is a classic trap game. Yep, it was. Even if it were played on Saturday, it was still a trap game. Yes. Let me make mention of Tennessee State who I believe is number three or four in our BCSN top five, losing their second consecutive conference game, this time to Eastern Illinois, 30-17. to 17. Pretty much making it almost a non-factor for Tennessee State. Uh, I mean, I think Tennessee State has like six wins right now on the season, so they can still finish above 500. But I, I got I to gotta think these last two losses – kind of sour what it could have been, you know, because you're thinking at one point they came out of that stretch of three or four games, and I think they won them all, and they were sitting at six and two. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they're sitting at six and four. Clearly no shot at winning the OVC Big South. And no shot at a playoffs. No shot at anything, but, uh, I mean, seven wins, you're saying, okay, Coach George has got them on the upswing, maybe. Okay. Their goal goal now is to finish above 500. Yeah. Well, they're guaranteed that, but the question is, are they finishing at seven or six six. wins? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm disappointed that uh, Hampton lost to William & Mary 31-10. I really thought... It was an 11-point spread. I really thought Hampton would come out and play a better game than they did against William & Mary, but, you know, that's CAA life. Brian, you do realize William & Mary is a top-10 program, right? I, I I do. I do. Okay. I just want you to curb your enthusiasm. Well, hey, yeah. hey, hey, Brian, since we're not doing the official BCSN rankings, uh, how about giving uh, – us a preview of what you're going to vote in the human polls this week on both levels. If you uh, it let me let me do this before we do that. I did I did want to make mention of one other 
game. And then I got to look in to see if I, if I have my, I don't have my notebook to see what I voted on last time, but I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, I did want to mention uh, South Carolina State. Uh, South Carolina State losing on senior day and Buddy Pugh's last home, I believe it's his last home game, last game at Orangeburg as the head coach. Uh, Oregon State wins 20-17. to 17. Of course, that set up this chaotic scenario that's going to play out in the MEAC next week. But uh, Oregon State actually grabbed the lead from South Carolina State uh, after South Carolina State had just scored to take a 17-13 lead with five minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. On the ensuing kickoff, Jordan Tolles takes the kickoff 73 yards to the house uh, to give Morgan State the lead 2017 that they never gave up. Uh, the significance of that should not be lost more to anyone because I, I found it interesting, Drew, that I was watching on Twitter and I was watching some of the the romance of Buddy Pugh's final pregame speech and all these things and to see this team lose at the end of the game kind of goes with the, the MO of what this team has dealt with all year. Uh, from the very first game where they laid an egg against Jackson State to the Thursday night massacre at North Carolina Central on primetime to losing Buddy Pugh's last game. Uh, I I can't I can't imagine the, the level of disappointment among South Carolina State fans should be should be high. I know if I were a South Carolina State fan, I'd be absolutely miserable, despondent uh, at, at what those uh, at what those and look, I hate to put it on players, but players play, right? And maybe the coaches can do a better job of coaching. Uh, and we know there's some administrative issues at South Carolina State, but damn, did Buddy Pugh wait one year too long? Should Buddy Pugh have gotten out after last season, hell, should he have gotten out after he won the Celebration Bowl? There you go. <laughs> so there you go. South Carolina, South Carolina State guy, as, as important as Buddy Pugh is in Orangeburg, South Carolina, South Carolina State got way more pressing issues than whether Buddy Pugh won that game Saturday or not. Yeah, but it's uh, okay. I, I got you, but it, it still starts and ends with your football. you right. Especially for the football coach and for the football staff um, and the players. Right. Let's be real. Buddy Pugh announced his retirement in August. And this is just human nature. How vested are those coaches? Because every coach in that coach's room knows 
they better have their resume ready to go. They put their houses on the market, and, and the U-Haul has already been ordered because they probably knew they were not going to be there next year. Now you I add in the that. fact that there's no AD, but if you is the temporary AD, is the interim AD. So, but if you make the next hire and hire, or will they hire somebody to hire somebody? But those coaches <laughs> have checked out. Those players have checked out. Sad. Ah, so sad. They deserve more. Deserve better. Um. All right, here we go. Let me see if I can find my rankings here. Let's see. This is for week 11. This is from week 11, right? Yeah. I'll see if I can find them here. I know I sent them. Let's see. I sent them in. Let's see if I can find them here. Uh, rankings. Rankings. What's today? Today is... Okay, here we go. <clears throat> okay, so taking a look at my top ten. Uh, okay, so previously my top five looked like FAMU, North Carolina Central, Alcorn, Jackson State, Alabama State. Uh, obviously... North Carolina Central lost. Alcorn State lost. Jackson State and Alabama State won. No, Jackson State was on a bye. Well, they were on a bye. They didn't lose. Put it like that. <laughs> uh, and then if I go even deeper, my number six seed, my number six team was Hampton. They lost. Tennessee State was my seven. They lost. Southern was my eight. They lost. Prairie View was my nine. They won. And Howard was my ten. So, two questions, Brian. Okay. Does, does Central move down? And how far up does Howard move? Those are the two questions. I'm not going to lie. I'd probably move Howard into the top. This is a, this is tough because 15 to 20 is really bad. And I I I've, I three, haven't said. Three to 14. I got no, you. No, no, no. Let me check this. Seven of the – if seven of your top ten lost, do I have that correct, Brian? Or uh, six or seven? One, two. Three, four, five. One, three, five, four, five and ten. Five, okay. Five lost, yeah. Ah. Uh, 50 to 20 is hard to get over, man. Now, I, I want to take into consideration that it was a road game. But I just remember all that smoke, all that talk 
by Central. Like, I almost feel like I want to penalize you, like, times two because of all that talk. This was supposed to be the game where you were supposed to put the smack down on Howard and say, you know, you're supposed to make a statement. That was supposed to be a statement game. And instead, Howard's the one who came out and made a statement. Um, Well, if I if I believe the SWAC East is better than the MIAC, and and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna find out the true medal of the SWAC East this upcoming weekend, then I just have to actually. I gotta actually put Jackson State at two and Alabama State at three. Now, here's the caveat. I understand Alabama State beat Jackson State. I understand that. Uh different quarterback at that time. Um uh, for both teams, probably. And I do think Jackson State, there were some issues at the end of the game that they could have won that game. So I I would probably drop Central to four and come back with Alcorn at five, Hampton at six. Or Howard at six, you so I'll probably go. Where, where's Preview? Well, that, yeah, that's where I'm gonna get to. Um, so I'm going FAMU one, Jackson State two, Alcorn State. I'm sorry, Alabama State three. And see, I I gotta pull up the I gotta pull up the conference records, Steve. Hold on, let me. I I got them pulled up here. Because sometimes, you know, when you do these things, at least what I do as as a pollster, I will look at conference records. And so I, I, I do think that matters, what you do in your conference. But again, with, with a conference like the MEAC, you got to also kind of look at their non-conference. And so I want to be careful with not dropping Central too low. I, I still feel like Central is a top four team, right? Right. Um, so Jackson State and Alabama State both tied at five and two. Uh, Alabama State still has two games remaining on their schedule, so they have six wins. Jackson State has seven. So, um, you know, that that's what that looks like. Alcorn is five and two as well. They're six and four. Uh, so I would definitely move. Yeah, I, I feel comfortable putting uh, – actually, I'm going to go Jackson State 2, Central 3, Alabama State 4. Then I'd, then I'd go Alcorn 5, Howard 6, Prairie View 7. 
and I don't know. I'm throwing darts on the last three, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, because because here's what you got to think about. Within once I start getting into the last three, uh, Southern and Grambling are both five and five overall. They have the same overall record as Prairie View. They're just a game behind in terms of conference standing. Uh, Tennessee State has six wins, so number eight might be for me Tennessee State. To be honest, um, but one of those wins is Lincoln of California, also. Well, shit. So then, then that's five. Then so that's, that's five. I mean, you know, if I, if I had to if I had to factor in Lincoln of University Lincoln University or California Lincoln or whatever the hell their name is, if I got to factor them into everything, then you know, I'm I'm, I'm all kinds of sideways uh, with it. Yeah, so. all, all those schools you got to factor in either Lincoln or Virginia Lynchburg. Uh uh, EA says Alcorn ahead of HU. I'm assuming you're talking about Howard and not Hampton. Uh, yeah, you know, but see, here's the thing. Pollsters, here, here's the thing. This is why I love rankings. While, yes, we saw Alcorn get their butts handed to them by Texas Southern. You still can't look past a team's body of work. And Alcorn is the one school that if I'm not mistaken, if I look, they played 10 games against either FCS or FBS opponents. Alcorn is the one school on that list who has not played below their level in the division. Right. So that includes with, Central, FAMU, and everybody else. Right. Um yeah, now, now granted close. granted Howard 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 has not either. Howard has played uh no, check that. Howard played Morehouse. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So see see what I mean? Howard played Morehouse. Morehouse, you know, one win Morehouse. And they whooped up on him, 66-19. So, again, when I when I say I have Alcorn at five, I can feel confident in Alcorn's six wins and four losses being against division, same division or greater. And they're the only school, uh, I think they're the only school that I can say that about. Is Jackson State, what is Jackson State? Have they played a... A D two, they played Delta State, didn't they? No, that was uh, that was Valley who played Delta State. So, so no, okay. So Jackson State is the other team that they have played FCS or better. So, you know, I I I, I got to kind of look at them, and I got to look at Alcorn with a little more respect, and so. Um. Uh, yeah, hell, I I might even put I might even put Alcorn ahead of Alabama State to be perfectly honest with you. I think I might have, I think I might have tipped my hand here. Yeah. So, 
uh, what I say. So again, I need to write this down because I'll probably forget this if I send if I don't send this in. So I got FAMU one, Jackson State two, Central three. Oh, that's what it is. Allcorn four. So I do have them ahead of Alabama State. Okay, I feel good. Alabama State five. And I and the reason I have Alabama State over Howard is because I respect the SWAC East more than I respect the MIAC. I'm just I'm just keeping it real. I think the three best teams in the in the SWAC East uh could punch the the two or three best teams. Take three teams who are in the hunt for the celebration bowl and let's match them up against the three best in the SWAC East. And I bet you the SWAC East wins at least two of those three. I got it. Well, Brian, you remember last week when you were trying to figure out who the who the poster was who slipped their vote from Fairview to North Carolina Central? Yes. You're talking to him. True. No, you didn't. I'm embarrassed yeah. to I'm embarrassed to co-host the show with you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So True. That I, makes- how do you how do you do that when you were when you were politicking for FAMU all this time. How, how could you explain the rationale behind that? I appreciate your honesty, but how, explain the rationale. It's just, I, from what I see, I look at the I look at the body work, but I also keep in mind what just happened on the field. And even though they won by similar margins, I felt that Central's victory was a little bit better in that in that last week, that's why I gave the one vote to Central that week and the two to FAMU. Now, because of that, it's easy. Central drops from one to two. FAMU goes from two to one for me. So I flip flop those two. Now, my number three, I say I, I go with Jackson State for my number three. All. Excuse me, Alabama State now becomes number four for me. And then five, that's when I start getting into the weeds and start trying to look. Because your debate is, no, there's no debate. I still have to go with Alcorn at five. Yeah, I have to go with Alcorn at five. And then I'm probably down five through ten. I mean six through ten. That's when I have to do some serious soul searching and 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 look at this stuff because uh, I had Tennessee State up there. How far do I drop Tennessee State? How 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 much do I move Howard up? What? Who is Prairie View this week? Those are the questions that I have to ask myself in that six through ten. That well, that's six, seven, and eight. Nine and ten, you reach into the hat and, and, and what you pull out, you pull out. I put, I, yeah, I probably have Grambling ahead of Southern right now, just for the simple oh, fact Grambling won, Southern lost. Right now. I don't know if that's going to be in their top ten or not, but that's just that's just what I'm looking at. Uh, who, who am I forgetting out there? 
that's pretty much it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really that's like something. It. It's really something cards at that point. After that, you it's like, who, who cares after that? Now, uh, when, you go to, when you go to the Division Two level. Hold on a second. Hold on a second before we go there. <laughs> Edwin asked, so have we written Tennessee State off? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, Edwin. I mean, there's. The, I mean, what what is, what else is there for them to accomplish? I mean, there's. I mean, they got. Are they at home this Saturday? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't even see. Uh, yes, they are. They're they're home against Tennessee Tech. What is Tennessee State playing for? To see if they can get four thousand people at the game. That's what they playing for. Wow! No, you did. Yes, I did. Anyway, moving on to the Division Two level. Yeah, I've got, I've got Benedict one, Union two. I've got to give, I've got to move Fayetteville up to three. I had Virginia State at three before that, but I've got to move uh, Fayetteville, Fayetteville up to three and move Virginia State down to four, and. I've got to put Miles at five ahead of ahead of Fort Valley. You know, when it's, why? Neither team played. Neither team played. So why do you move somebody? Uh, well, I, I had Miles ahead of Fort Valley anyway, but oh, okay. Miles has the one thing Fort Valley doesn't have. Miles has that FCS victory on their on their schedule. Uh, Virginia State had be the FCS team too. Don't forget. I got I got Virginia State ahead of Miles. Oh, okay. So, but Miles be a better FCS than Virginia State did. Miles beat the team that's probably has a realistically will finish second in the SWAC East via the tiebreaker. Let me ask, where where are you putting Florida Memorial? After that loss, the way that they <laughs> lost, they, they're in the second five. If I was to go with that second five, what did I leave off at? Uh, I left off at Miles. What Valley would be six. Albany State, did they move anywhere? No. Where did you previously no. have them? I didn't have Albany State in. Wow, not even in the top ten. Right, there were legitimately when I would when I would vote, there were legitimately twelve or thirteen teams that I would look at on the D two level every week and and had to find a reason why I was eliminating those last three. Hmm. Okay. And unfortunately Albany State was never in that conversation of those three to uh eliminate. Albany State was always on the outside for me, so they are not Despite getting to the championship game, they are not getting in. See, I I had them in based on the results of their last two weeks. I had them up to as high as five. Yeah, but uh, let's see. I went I went Fort Valley six. Allen maybe seven. Maybe Allen seven. Then then you get into that mix. You got Johnson C. Smith. 
you've got uh, who, who, who am I leaving out? Emma Waters, you've got in there. You've got Johnson Seek. You've got uh, Florida Memorial. And of course, you, you mentioned Albany State. You know, you've got you've got those four to make the last three spots to to be. Did I forget anybody? Oh, it's Tuskegee. Uh, Tuskegee, yeah. that's the other one. You got five teams to make three spots out of out of that mix right there. Um. Okay. Uh, when I look at mine, let me see my top ten over on that side. I've still I had Benedict and Virginia Union. They'll stay one and two. I had Fayetteville. I had Fayetteville State three, so they'll stay in three. This is where I, get, I had Florida Memorial four, and I had Albany State five. I think I will drop those three or those two. And I'll tell you where I drop them behind. The, after Florida Memorial, my five, six, and seven were. No, I'm sorry. After Florida Memorial and Albany State, they were four and five. My six, seven, and eight was Fort Valley State, Virginia State, Miles. I think those three will all shift up. So Fort Valley will be four, Virginia State five, Miles six. And I think then that's where right now I move Florida Memorial to seven, Albany State to eight. And I'm going to leave Johnson C. Smith at nine and Tuskegee at 10. And obviously, so you, Florida Memorial still you has have a Allen all the way out. Yeah, I left Allen out. Yeah, I, I left Allen out. Um, and you left Edward Waters out. Yeah, I well, yeah, Edward Waters. Five wins. I don't. They didn't have more wins than Johnson six wins. C. Edward Waters had six. I still didn't have more than Johnson C. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just bringing it out. Yeah, Tuskegee has six conference wins, uh, which is more than Edward Waters. And. Uh, I forgot what it was about Allen that kind of was the tough break, was the tough call there for Allen. I uh, I think it, I don't know, whatever it was. I think it was a t- it was a tough scenario that I had Allen out. Um, speaking of speaking of Allen, uh, David Wright, Offensive Player of the Year in the SIC. Who called that back in July? Uh, yeah, yeah, good call. Too bad we couldn't have put some futures on it. Wonder what the odds would have been. Um, I was, I was kind of interested to see where Jivan Russell or Lubert Danellis would have ended up in the mix. Uh, the Dennis Aeneas of Benedict end up in the hunt anywhere. I, 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 it'd, be, it'd be nice if the SIC released the, the total results, uh, just for trans, just for transparency's sake. I'd also ask the same thing in the Coach of the Year award. I mean, I know Chinnis Berry, well deserving, 
for the second consecutive year, but uh, I don't know. I think there might be a few. I think there might be a few candidates in there that that we've talked about. Uh, Teddy Keaton Allen, uh, who covered the most ground. I think he was preseason eleven, and they moved all the way up to five or six. I think. And then you got Sam Shade, who had had the greatest number of victories. In- yeah, Sam, Sam Shade had the uh, best turnaround from one season to the next. Yeah, I got you back now, Drew. Yes. All right. Did you hear what I said about Sam Shade? I, I You started out, and then I lost you. I said Sam Shane, who had the uh, greatest increase in victories from his team from one season to the next out of all those right. coaches. Right. I figured that's where you were going when I said that, when you said that. Okay, let's uh, let's quickly go through the schedule and get out of here. Uh, this upcoming weekend starts with a Thursday night game on November 16th. Mississippi Valley State trying uh, uh, traveling to Alabama A&M. 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Will it be the last home game for Connell Maynard at Alabama A&M? Uh, uh, the Bulldogs cannot finish above 500, so it'll be the second consecutive below 500 season, although it will be an improvement from a year ago. I mean, well, I don't know. Will it? Let me see here before I say that. No, it could not. Maybe if they if they lose, it won't be. Because last year they finished 4-7. and seven. They're currently 4-6. and six. Yeah, if they lose the Valley, oof. Yeah, that that's not going to be a good 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 look. Um, but anyway, here's, here's, here's the next question: Can UAPB get a conference victory? Uh, they travel to Texas Southern on Saturday, two o'clock. That's on HBCU Go. Last chance for UAPB to get that conference victory. Texas Southern has two of them now, and so. Uh, yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, that'll be a tough one for UAPB. Uh, let's see. Hampton is on the road to Elon. I think Hampton is five and five right now in the Colonial, which is pretty impressive, I think, because Hampton was predicted to finish second to last. Uh, they're currently three and four. They got a chance to go four and four. Elon. Elon, though, is a team that is five and two overall, but they are five and two in conference play. So, and that's the Continental, Brian. I just call it the CAA, Drew. I, I'm not going to try <laughs> to figure out. I'm not going to figure. I'm. I, I'm not smart enough to try to figure out if it's Colonial, Continental, is it the Coastal, uh, or whatever. The Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel. It just CAA is what they're going to be known as. Yeah. Are we uh, doing picks before we get out of here? Nah, let's, well, I don't know. We'll, let's quickly do picks. Quickly do picks. Uh, Morgan State travels to Howard. Who you got? I got Morgan State. Ooh, it's tough. Uh, let's see. Howard won this game 35-6 to six last year at Morgan. 
man. I'm going. I'm gonna roll with Howard, man. Why not? I'm gonna roll with Howard. I I think they talked that talk, and let me see them back it up here the second week in a row. Uh, so I'm I'm going with Howard and Howard to win the win the MIAC. So if you go with Morgan State to win, uh, you got Central beating Delaware State. Yes, I do. So that case, you're putting Central back in the now. If you're Central, do you think North Carolina Central would rather go back to the Celebration Bowl as the MIAC champ? Or do you think they'd love an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament? Which one? Uh, of course they want to go back and defend their title. All right. I just had to ask it. Uh, and there, there is a possibility. I saw there was a, a pollster, Sam Herter. I think he, he had North Carolina Central on his at-large list. So there is an opportunity. The fact that the pollsters thinking about it and considering it, like you said, how far will Central drop in the coaches' poll? Uh, they were seventh in the coaches' poll. I, I think, think they'll drop the high teams. Uh, what, 12 or less? I think, yeah, I think 12 is a safe number. 12 is a safe number. All right. So we'll be looking to see if they drop below 12. Um, Alcorn traveling to Jackson State. That's a three Eastern, two Central kickoff at Jackson. Senior day for Jackson State. Alcorn coming off the loss. Ooh, Drew, who you got? This is Swack East versus Swack West, correct? Correct. Swack East versus Swack West. Yes, indeed. The mess in the West, right? Yes, indeed. Don't trust the West, right? That's what they say. Jackson State. <laughs> uh, who won this game last year? Jackson, Jackson State, State did. Yeah. Oof. And Jackson State has an outside shot at the playoffs. Way outside. I mean, some things would have to go right, but we just saw it at D2 where 11 of the top 25 lost. So it would have to be that type of scenario on the FCS level. I, I think they'd have to beat, they'd have to beat like Alcorn. I think they'd be a good, strong victory. They'd have to beat Alcorn like Alcorn got beat today. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so tough to go on the road here again, but I. You know, what's funny is I hopped off of the bandwagon. I, I had picked Prairie View at the beginning of the season. And then I flipped over to Alcorn. Damn. I'm going to go Alcorn State. Why not? I'm going I'm to stick to where, I, where, I, where I've been at on my thoughts. Alabama State travels to Prairie View A&M. 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central. So get the, get the dual boxes ready for ESPN Plus as you can watch both of these games on uh, ESPN Plus. East versus West, Drew, who you got? Same thing. The sun rises in the east. Mm. I, I, I feel foolish now thinking that the West will win both of these. But I'm going to go Prairie View. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go Prairie View winning 
and thus Prairie View finding winning the tiebreaker over Alcorn. Ugh. I feel I feel dirty. I feel dirty don't, just saying that. Don't don't I, don't move so fast, Brian. I mean, look, I, I I withhold the right to change my pick for Joe because right. I'm feeling Grambling FAMU celebrate uh, in the championship game. That would that would be that would be great. That would be great. That would be so undeserving, but I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, but let's not go that far. Let's just let's just get to the SWAC championship game. Well, these two have to lose in order to set up my scenario. So I'm picking them to, those two to lose. Uh, retype your question in there, Larry. Um, I, I I don't Drew not he's not seeing the chats. So you may retype your whatever your question is for Drew. Type it in again. Um, all right. So damn, I'm picking the two West teams. You're picking the two East teams. That's dirty. I feel dirty about that. <laughs> I, I really am. I'm 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 gonna. I may change that on Wednesday. I got to do some research. Uh, Tennessee Tech travels to Tennessee State. Who cares? That, that's in Nashville. ESPN plus the three Eastern. Tennessee State with a chance to get seven wins. We already talked about UAPB traveling to Texas Southern. Uh, I I don't think Texas Southern loses. They they look like they are winning games the right way. Uh, I think UAPB is going to go 0-8 in conference play. Dell State at North Carolina Central, scheduled for 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Dell State is winless right now, 0-4. Uh, they will be 0-5 after all this is said and done. South Carolina State. Norfolk. At Norfolk State. Last chance, last, Buddy Pugh's last game. I got to imagine South Carolina State is going to win this game. But given this I, I, team, I would too. Yeah, given, this, given everything this team has shown us, <laughs> I will not be surprised if Norfolk State wins this game but I'll be rooting for South Carolina State to win it. And then the Florida Classic uh, in Orlando, Camping World Stadium, uh, 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Might be interesting, given the fact that Bethune just ran 400 yards on somebody. Might be a little bit closer than people want it to be. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I don't know if there's a point spread on that game, but if I said, ugh, what scares me about that, Drew? If I see a point spread of seven, now here's the thing. Remember my stat? I told you point spreads of seventeen or more by Willie Simmons teams. They're like one in six or one in seven. I think that one is Bethune. And I think that was last year. But anyway, I think FAMU wins this one by at least four, by 14, maybe 17. Right at 17. All right. Uh, the top five rankings, the new rankings will come out tomorrow. We'll post those on our on the social media pages. Uh, make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. And uh, we'll uh, 
we'll post out the new fives. Will, <coughs> excuse me, has FAMU done enough, according to the computers, to jump Tennessee State, who've lost two in a row, and North Carolina Central, who just lost to Howard? Although FAMU just played a, a non-division NCAA team. Well, I guess Lincoln is division two, so. Okay. So they they beat a division two team twenty four to nothing. Not impressed personally. Will it be enough to move them to number one? We shall see when the computer spits out its final numbers tonight. Drew, any final thoughts as we close out the show? Man, let's pick up this show and get out of here. All right. Uh, You can always hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Excuse me. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. uh, Facebook page, BCSN Sports Wrap, Black College Sports Network. You can find us on Twitter, at BCSN Drew is where you can find Drew uh, at DRB365. Come check out the uh, ONG Strike Zone with me, uh, Kelvin Rozier, and Marcus Green on Wednesday. We'll give you a preview for the Florida Classic for those of you who are interested in FAMU, FAMU Athletics. Uh, Dr. Cavill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dot, Charles Bishop, Mike Washington, Tuesday night and Thursday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. They will go through uh, the week that was and the week that is ahead. And uh, also give you a little more insight into uh, these matchups for the upcoming weekend. And then, of course, uh, Saturday, you can catch uh, the Carlos Brown Show. All of our shows are available on the BCSN Pod Zone. Uh, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you download, if you subscribe, leave a good review, share, you know, the podcast with your friends and family, uh, share our YouTube our YouTube page. You can also become a member of uh, JBN membership uh, as well when you join the page. Uh, just go to myjbn online slash join youtube.com slash myjbn online slash join become a member and continue to support the black college sports network we really appreciate you guys uh, always on youtube on facebook and everywhere else um, thanks for all the good conversation thanks for all the help on in the chat rooms uh, you guys have a good evening uh, didn't get a chance to say this earlier but to all of our uh, veterans, all of our service men and women, we thank you for your service. We appreciate you. Uh, we respect you. And uh, can't say thank you enough and can't say it in, in a big enough way, but uh, we salute you and we and we thank you. So uh, to all of the service men and women, uh, hopefully you have been honored and recognized properly this uh, Veterans Weekend. Happy Veterans Day. Uh, happy Veterans Weekend to all. All right. For AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. 
You've been watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Peace out, everybody. But you know, you stay on hard.